0: On board the USS Fake Nerd Podcast. I'm Captain Brandon T. McClure, and with me today, it, wrong ship. With me today is my trusty first officer, Ben Magnet. That's me. I didn't get out my PJs all day today. My chief of security, Ryan Eliopoulos. I'm wearing PJs after to work today. Very cool. And our chief engineer, Sparks Whitty, is not here right now, but he will join us sometime later this evening, to discuss Mm -hmm. uh, our exploration of the quantum realm. Now, normally we explore deep space, explore the final frontier, but now we are exploring tiny space, tiny, tiny microscopic space of the quantum realm. There's a floating cat. Who knows what can happen this episode? Who knows? Uh. There's a floating baby hand. I'm excited. All right, Uh, that's my attempt to do something funny uh, today, so let's get right into it. How are you guys tonight? I'm tired, but you know, let's let let's not talk about that. I'm, okay. I'm happy to be here. Um, before we get into links, I do want to shout out uh, Sparks Woody, who is not here right now. Um, I love to I love to just kind of say uh, how talented our friend is. Uh, so he has designed a couple of new logos that you are going to be seeing, uh, Good. throughout the. Um, Throughout the year, because we're trying a new system for discussing franchises, as you guys know, we've recently done the Scream franchise, and we have more franchises that we want to go through, plus tons of movie reviews and things like that. So we have decided to kind of make not not a new show, but a brand that they will all be in. Uh, so it will be easy to find for people on YouTube, and they will be uh, all. Uh, I'm going to start like separating the movie reviews on our audio feed, so that they're going to be available just separately from the episode. Um, and they were gonna be under the brand of Fake Nerd Cinephile. Here it is. Ooh. Glasses. So that is the uh that is the normal fake nerd Cinephile logo. And because we discussed Scream, uh, here is the horror one. Ooh. Yeah. yeah so you'll get... And-
1: I've already discussed with my friend Sparks Witty, who happens to live with me to make this easy. Uh, now that we have a horror branded thing, we're just going to now watch, we're just going to, any, any horror movie that
0: comes out, we're just going to watch and review it. Because, like, we don't need
1: to wait or do anything because we got we got this thing now. It's
2: beautiful. Yeah.
0: I agree. Uh, that's going to be so. So, guys, you know, we're, we we love doing a lot of things and now we've got uh, kind of a way to make it a little easier on us and a little easier on you guys. For those of you who are audio only, uh, obviously, you could not see those logos, but they will be available on social media for you guys to check out. But, yes, uh, thank you to Sparks, uh, uh, Sparks, for, for designing those. Those are beautiful logos. They're very cool. Can't wait to, to utilize. I dig them. Let's uh, let's talk about some links in the description. Of Zelda, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ejecting you from the from the ship. <laughs> it's too early. <laughs> just, just opening the airlock, and there you go. Okay,
3: okay, bye.
0: Um, I've got a couple of epi- a couple of uh articles on cbr.com. My author page is up now, so that's what's linked below, and you guys can check out um some of my some of my things. Like I did the non MCU superhero movie review, uh, not review, um, list, um, some. A, a 3D, 2D, hybrid, animated movie list. Um, that was a lot of fun to research and, and do. Um, I think there's one more up, but it doesn't matter. But that's there. If you want to check out any of those links, check them out. As well as my triumphant return to Atomic Geekdom this week happened. Um, Atomic Geekdom published my uh, article on just kind of my thoughts on DC. You heard most of them on this episode a couple of weeks ago. Um, the new DC regime. <laughs> Did you just shrink? yes <laughs> it was intended. <laughs> it was funny um the uh, the so, so you heard some of those thoughts already on, a couple episodes ago but now i've just kind of you know put them all into an essay basically and you can read those if you'd like it's a little long but i i'm i'm pretty happy with it as well as my uh my infinity saga uh, revisiting the infinity saga series has returned uh, episode issue entry 29 um, which is about Killmonger and why I think he's such a cool villain. Um, so you can check both of those out linked below. Now Ben's turn because he's got Grayson live and D and dark. Yes, I do. So of course D and dark, um, we
3: start a, so we finished the battle with our, um, what should we call it with our other selves. And now we're going to try and, uh, see if we can get Larry to, um, alleviate this curse that he's a, well, we know above the table, we know that he's the werewolf, but, on the table, we have no idea. We're just trying to help a friend of ours. So hijinks and sue. So go ahead, check that out. And of course, Grace and Larry. Wait, Ben. We... Wait,
0: what? ben. What? what? In order To get his curse, to get Larry's curse uh, reversed, you got cursed.
3: Oh, yeah, I totally did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> My to
3: dumb grabbed a sword of vengeance and I got cursed. <laughs> like an idiot. Very funny. It was very funny to listen to. I enjoyed it. Honestly, when I was re-listening to it, I'm like, I am going to get so much shit from Brandon when he listens to this. God damn it. (laughs) Just a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I mean, I did deserve it because I was like, ooh, sword. Every other time I hear, (laughs) I see like shiny sword in the middle of nowhere. I should be doing an arcana check, even though I'm not the greatest with arcana. But I should be doing a check anyway instead of, ooh, let me grab it. I'm cursed now. Hey, sometimes you just see a cool sword, and you're like, I want that sword. I did. Well, also, I needed a better weapon because my short sword wasn't going to cut it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so I got cursed, but luckily it's not as bad of a curse as Larry's, so there's that. Um, Going back to Grayson Live, we finally cleaned up Super Mario World. Oh, you're done. Uh, I believe we're, well, we have like one more episode left, either one or two more episodes left, because we did get all of the stars. We got all the stars. We got to the top of all the flagpoles. And in that game, once you do that, it unlocks the bonus levels. Oh. Where you can go unlock Rosalina and they're a lot harder. And then they lead you to the hardest level in the game, which is Champion's Road. And um, there, I believe there's two more episodes because after Kitty Bowser, there's two more episodes with us trying to get play through the extra levels. And that's when we're like, oh, we're done. Uh-huh. But yeah, I still need to go to his place and record some more stuff. But yeah, we uh, have cleaned up Super Mario 3D World, so woohoo! Let's go. Uh,
0: now, uh, as far as this network is concerned, a couple of things dropped this week, uh, such as we told you about it last week. Our Phase Four rankings with Mike Matola. Uh, Mike was kind enough to come onto the show and 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 discuss uh, every entry of Phase Four uh, minus I am Groot, um, to, and and rank them uh so that was a lot of fun he's always a joy to work with if you want to listen to him say he loves us uh that's there um it's always nice it's always nice isn't it um that's available both audio and video um that you can check out as well as the last of us episode five ryan you and
1: sparks guns are loaded yeah hey guess what show continues to be fantastic
0: uh episode six premiered tonight And we'll have episode six, uh, a review sometime next week. Excellent. Um, And then you're probably going to take a little time off because Sparks is out of town. Yes. So
1: both Sparks and Pi are going to be out of town at the same time. And I'm not going to be talking to the camera to myself because I can't do that. Uh, I don't want to do that. Uh, And I don't want to miss it with my friends. So we're going to we're going to skip two weeks and then do uh, a two episode discussion, which will probably be a big episode uh, before the finale.
0: Excellent. Uh all right, so stay tuned for for that. Um speaking of Fake Nerds Watch, um, that's by the way, audio and video in the description below. But Fake Nerd's Watch audio feed had a had a huge drop this week. Um we dropped a few complete series on Fake Nerds Watch, um, such as Star Trek Picard's season one and two discussion. Uh season one, my discussion with um uh Michael Carls of the Downright Nerdy. Now the, the def- defunct Michael Carls of the Downright Nerdy podcast. By the way, congratulations on your child if you're listening to this. He's all familyed up. Yeah. And uh, uh, Cookie uh, did join me for season two uh, from just a little podcast. So you can uh, check out both those uh, discussions available as well as our discussion of Loki season one. Uh, now all of those came up because some big, big, rev- big things happened this week. Uh, Ant-Man of the Wasp, Quantumania and Star Trek Picard season three. So, you know, uh, that's kind of uh, what you're going to be seeing from Fickner's watch. Uh, the, these kind of massive drops in audio to just kind of be like, Hey, here's what we did prior to the upcoming stuff.
1: If you've seen it before, you can watch it again or ignore it or just pretend it's the first time you've ever heard it and go, wow, these are great opinions. I love yeah. these opinions. Thank you. for Thank you. Uh,
0: so, of course, you know, the Fake Nerds Watch audio feed is linked below if you guys want to check that out and, and subscribe. And if you haven't, because if you, you know, if you're just doing audio, you probably have not heard Fake Nerds Watch. So th- there you go. It's there now. Absolutely. Um, then Based Arcade, Based on Arcade, uh, based on arcade uh, dropped our only an audio was the Nintendo direct discussion from last mm-hmm. week's episode that dropped yep. as as an only audio discussion yep mm-hmm. like but mini, you ha- mini direct yeah yeah and you had a a full episode dropped in both audio and video
3: yes so the full episode is me talking with uh Ryan Payne Retro Game Brews who's from the Gamers Week podcast and he and I just talk about one of our favorite uh topics to study on our own and that's video game history so Go ahead, get at the listener. We talk about um, stuff from the from Atari in the seventies. We talk about the, of course, the console war, and we just it's a it was a very good and very fun conversation. So I highly recommend it. Go definitely go check it out. And also, if you want to hear mine and Ryan's takes on the Nintendo Direct that dropped last week, the whole um, discussion is there from like Brandon said, our episode from Fakener Podcast last week. We didn't talk about everything that the Nintendo Direct had to offer. We just talked about the stuff that us ourselves were really excited about. So yeah, go give that a listen.
0: Hey, thirty minutes. We talked about talked about a good amount of games. We did. We definitely yeah. did. It's a good chunk of minutes. hmm Good chunk. Spicy of meatball. <laughs> um, but that's all the links you can find in the description below for for this week. Please check them out. Uh, we you know we work really hard. We love to see you guys support us. Um, our uh channel is growing by like one subscriber a day these days, which is really cool. By the slow, way,
1: slow but steady.
0: We we've almost passed 240 uh subscribers. That's really cool. Our Ooh. Black Adam trailer for some reason is is 8,000 <laughs> views. People just like
1: they just wanna shit on that movie. Like I, <laughs> yeah. and I I, like,
3: get. I get it. I get it. But we're like I know like we're somewhat positive in there, but I'm like that's yeah. really funny. And I don't know, maybe just me straight up going coming up hot saying that it was mid the second. Honestly, the that story.
1: might be it. They're like, "Yeah, I like this guy's attitude." And you are like, "Oh, he
3: kind of likes it though." Oh. <laughs> uh, I like. I'm mean, My favorite part. I will not be shy of saying that my favorite part of that movie was when Superman shows up. That was the only part that got me stupid excited about the about that. <laughs> you
0: had and me not
1: even in the movie. You I had know. me at
0: Superman. That was the last thing I said. That's <laughs> a good thing you said it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sorry, Henry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah. So please check them out. We, we we greatly appreciate it. All right. Who wants to go first of the week? I will. I didn't do a whole lot. Do it. So the big main thing I really want to talk about is I.
3: The first game I completed in the year 2023 is Final Fantasy, the original. As you guys know, I've been playing it on my PlayStation uh, Vita, and I finally beat the, the the final boss last night. And I must say, after beating it, it's really good. I had fun with it. I mean, thankfully, I have... I mean, once again, it's the very first Final Fantasy. Looking down the line of other great titles, you can tell that this was the basis of what they built the rest of the games on. Or off of so you're
1: saying they should make a couple sequels.
3: No, they did make a lot of sequels. No. <laughs> number number 16 is coming out soon, and a lot of
0: spinoffs too, but that's not the point. The point really is... I had I hadn't heard about this. What is it called? What's it called? Um Final Fantasy. Wasn't wait, wait, like the movie. There was a movie, wasn't there? Stop. <laughs> Spirits within. I've never seen that movie actually. I have oh, that's surprising.
3: I've only seen Kingsglave and Advent Children. Those are like
1: video game ass like anime stuff like they but, tried to make like a movie
3: i know and it was I like it was like it was like, was like but yeah but yes so the original final fantasy i haven't played because there's once again there's multiple versions of the original final fantasy i would definitely say i mean good this is me going being biased because the playstation portable one has a lot of quality of life improvements that the original one on the nes does not have obviously um, but I had heard good. I have heard good things about the Game Boy port, which is very, once again, very simple. Still, I want to say it still uses MP and of spell slots. But if you could get your hands or find a way to play it on the PlayStation Portable, the art is gorgeous. I know the pixel remaster; it makes all the pixels look beautiful and shiny and everything. But the way they redesigned the pixels of the characters in the the PSP port is phenomenal. They still look like they. They still look very recognizable from their 8-bit counterparts, and it's absolutely gorgeous. So if you have a way, if you have a way to play the PSP version of Final Fantasy, the first one, I would say that's the best way to play it, to be perfectly honest. Um, Because I tried playing the original Final Fantasy on my NES Mini. It's good, but once again, it's the NES. It's an 8-bit system. It's very hard to look at sometimes. Whereas you look at the PSP port, while it's crisp, you can see the the animation just pops, or at least the the sprite work just pops. The artwork is gorgeous. So yeah, the original Final Fantasy, I'm very glad I played it. It was honestly a game I never thought I would play in my entire life, or at least I would beat in my entire life. But I have I've beaten Chaos. And I have to say, I really liked my journey to play it. So Definitely give it a give it a go.
1: Now now that you've beaten chaos, now you need to play uh, Stranger of Paradise. I
3: kinda do. So you can find out the origins
2: <laughs> of uh, I, all that nonsense.
3: I kinda do. And I kinda want to now. Although it's I a Dark do. Souls game, bro. You're gonna love it, I bet. It, it is already. Um, although there are a few other RPGs that are in a few other games that are like, you know, banging at the backlog door that are begging to be played and finished. Yeah. Uh so besides that, today I did not record D and Dark, but instead um Grayson wanted to test his DMing skills And he devised a honeypot campaign for us Now Who here knows what a honey Or not a honeypot, a honey heist Who here knows what a honey heist is I nope. mean I've watched Critical Role so uh, Okay uh, So Brandon, a honey heist is essentially a very short One shot campaign where you and your party Play as bears And your goal is to steal honey and not get caught
0: That sounds delightful
3: it was awesome. I played a grizzly bear wearing a cowboy hat, and I spoke in a southern accent the whole time. Oh, no. That's
1: not that like a good time.
3: Yeah, so that that was fun. It was really fun. Chris Grayson wanted to, to stretch his DMing muscles, and we didn't have anything else going on. Our next session to record is a few weeks away still, so it was a fun time.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Love it. And anything else, Ben?
3: I'm trying to think. Anything else? I know. I saw a movie last night. That was fun. Hmm. And nope, that's about it. Ryan, let's see. Um,
1: I continue to just goof around in my new VR machine. That's a lot of fun, just goofing off. Um, I mostly didn't do anything this week. Uh, I read a bunch of Kang comics. Like, I read a lot of Kang comics. Basically, if it was on Marvel Unlimited, they have a little section called the Age of Kang, and they're like, "Hey, do you want to read Ramatot's first appearance?" And I'm like, "Thank you." And then like, "Hey, do you want to meet read Immortus's first appearance?" And I'm like, "Thank you." You want to read Citizen Kang? Hell yeah. You want to read Kang Dynasty? Thank you very much. How much is this? Only $9.99 a month and I've read like 30 comics. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) So I've read a lot about Kang. That dude is real dumb and a lot of fun. Uh, Can't wait to talk about him
0: later. Okay. That's it? That's it? I don't have much to talk about either. I am... I I I listened to a lot. I saw like, I saw the whale and eighty for Brady. I don't really have a lot to say about either of those specifically. Eighty for Brady, the whale. Uh, Brendan Fraser delivers an incredible performance. I'll say that. Okay, I, but I need to know what is eighty for Brady about? A bunch of eighty-year-olds. Nope. I'm sorry. A bunch of eighty-year-olds and Sally Field, who very specifically says she is not eighty years old yet, um, uh, go to the Super Bowl to because they love Tom Brady.
1: Tom Brady. It's about Tom Brady.
0: Huh? Yeah, it's based Never. on a true story, apparently.
1: Really? Yeah. Is it a movie or like a documentary? It's a movie. Oh shit! I had I have no I didn't know anything about it, so I assumed it was a documentary about Tom Brady.
0: <laughs> it's um, it, it's these these four older women: Sally Field, Lily Tomlin, um Rita Moreno, and uh Jane Fonda. Uh, they play they play women in their eighties who really love Tom Brady, and, like they're they're like big Tom Brady fans. And um, Lily Tomlin had cancer and then they they got really excited about about football and the super bowl and they're like huge super super bowl fans and football fans and so like they they wanted to go to the super bowl because tom brady might be retiring soon it's it's set in 2017 i don't know how Uh, accurate that is to tom brady's retirement that was no it's five years before
3: he decided to retire that's when the rumors sorry full football brain that was i was talking about a football movie it's allowed no, no, I I want to say that was the year they cl- they beat the Falcons. They came back from a
0: twenty eight to three upset. It was either yeah. that year or it was. Yeah, because that's about that's what the movie's about. It's about how it's about how Lily Tomlin uh, 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 talks to Tom Brady during the game and and inspired Tom Brady to bring the to bring the the whoever they play for uh, to, the come to make the comeback
3: because they were losing so badly. Wow. Every Atlanta Falcons fan is probably going to hate that movie.
0: Anyway, uh, it's 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 less than two hours. It's inoffensive. It's charming. It's whatever. Well, inoffensive, uh, unless you're an Atlanta Falcons fan. Yeah, they don't like sure. being reminded Wait. about that game. Um, PTSD. And Jane Fonda, like, who's Gronk? Is Gronk? Oh, uh, Gronk Gronkowski?
3: Gronkowski. Gronkowski. He's Gronkowski. a tight end.
0: Uh, Jane Fonda writes, like, Gronkowski erotica, and she's, like, famous for it. <laughs> So, that's kind of funny actually it's yeah just, it's um it's a it's a charming movie it has some good laughs it's oh no know. i i do not doubt that it's
3: char that it's uh it's charming i do not doubt that part i just like when i hear 80 for brady i'm like what are we talking about 80 for brady what that interesting what does that mean i don't know i remember. thought it was like a 30 for 30
0: thing or something. maybe it's very funny that this ended up being a talking point right now
1: Mostly <laughs> because I'm just like, why did you go see this movie about Tom Brady? Is really like
0: <laughs> my my partner. It was a Valentine's Day movie, so she really wanted oh, okay. to go. Uh, on yeah, a okay, day. okay.
1: Yeah. sure, 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 sure. You know, what, I would there. not. I, I thought not I go honestly thought it was way. just like you going, like, yeah, I'll see this Jane Fonda movie, sure. And I'm like, that just it just doesn't seem like like your number one pick, but it no. Makes
3: sense. Little did <laughs> we know, hidden away in a way, a brand's basement is an entire shrine dedicated to Tom Brady. He just doesn't want to show
0: That's me. i I write Tom Brady erotica and I'm very famous for it.
1: <laughs> That's what you're actually doing on the side instead of writing uh, news and stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's it was a Valentine's Day movie Zara I really wanted to go see it. And we, it's fun, fun little date, inoffensive movie. That's um, cute. That's good. Anyway, uh, The Whale, people should go see The Whale. It's Brendan Fraser's great. Um, anyway. But most of what I want to talk about is Doctor Who, because I've I listened to a bunch of his audio adventures um this uh this past week so as as i've mentioned before i'm listening to the eighth doctor uh paul mcgann uh plays the eighth doctor in these audio adventures and they're like the only mainstream adventures he ever got to do because he only did the movie in the 90s so he's very fun so i went through the end of his run with his first his first companions charlie and is was from a parallel dimension, and he goes out in a way that's like really tragic, and like Charlie is like shook into her core, and she's like, uh, "I don't know how to how to go on." And the doctor's like, "It's fine. We can just go off to, to another adventure. And we'll be okay." Like, and and like, Charlie is like really taken aback by this attitude. Like, the doctor doesn't care, and because she doesn't quite realize that at this point, the doctor is nine hundred years old. He's had many people leave him. Uh, many people die in his life. Like, he just has to move on. Uh, and Charlie just cannot come to terms with that. So she's like, I'm going to leave. Um, so that was the last episode that she has that she has to leave. That's a really cool episode. A bunch of timey-wimey stuff. And then she gets picked up by the seventh doctor, sixth doctor, sixth doctor. Um, so I'm glad that she continued on. But then he picks up another girl named Liv. Liv, right? No, not Liv. Lucy. Lucy. Um, we're going to talk about Liv a little later. Uh, Lucy. Is under Time Lord witness protection, and they and they both don't know why, but she witnessed something in the year two thousand and six that the Time Lords were like, uh, no, pulled her out, dropped her in the TARDIS, and said, good luck. Um, and I think that's a really cool way to like, be like, this is your new companion now. The Time Lords just like witness protection, protect this girl, don't get her killed. See ya. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Uh she's a fun companion. I like her a lot. The um, the, it's really interesting listening to Doctor Who audio, especially Paul McGann, which started pr- before the new show began with Christopher Eccleston, but it goes through it. So you see the, you can actually hear the format of the show change when the, when the new show starts in, with, in 2005, mm-hmm. because I guess the BBC came to Big Finish and said, you need to make these episodes like the TV show now but also keep them like the old show. So find that mix. Good luck.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, So that now that uh, a bunch of Lucy's, a uh, uh, bunch of them now are like an hour, maybe a little under when before they were like an hour and a half, two hours, one times three and a half hours. And like, they were like meaty episodes because they were trying to be the old serialized. Like, you know, here's part one, part two, part three. It's all one meaty episode. And now it's just like, not nope, one hour. You're done um good stuff though i'm happy to be back in the world of doctor who it's really fun Ta- Paul McGann is a great doctor um yeah that's all i got i'll get back into it in like nine months when uh, davis and it drops back well yeah when that new season
1: starts because like yeah. that's, 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 that's that's so much time <laughs> it's so much
0: time I uh we took a break because we were also watching the show at the same time we took a break to get through star trek next generation mm-hmm. um oh picard came back i'm waiting to talk to cookie about it but i really liked it i hope this season is really good excellent That's all I got. Shall we move on? I Am Legend 2 has officially gotten the green light. Uh, Kiva Goldsman has talked about it when he was also talking about Constantine 2, which he's writing. So Mm. Kiva Goldsman is writing the sequel to I Am Legend, um, which will star Michael B. Jordan and Will Smith. Will Smith is there because they are going to take the alternate ending of the movie, of the original movie, And make that one canon and not the theatrical ending,
3: which is okay. So I've never seen. I've only seen like a short, tiny little clip of the alternate ending. That's when the guy, when the the vampire cancer dude breaks through the glass, takes the girl, just gives Will Smith a look and walks away. Right?
0: You're half right. He doesn't break the glass. The breaking the glass is from the theatrical ending. He is invited in. And, and Will Smith and he kind of have an understanding of like, Will Smith's like, I'm trying, I'm going to help her. This will be fine. And so he's like, obviously, there's like rage vampires. So he's just kind of like uh, trepidatious about this. But he does, they both come to an understanding of like, oh, I was the monster. Uh, will Smith said uh, basically that ending.
1: That okay. is. And that that is kind of like the whole point of like the book of like he's out hunting all these all these monsters quote-unquote monsters when they're just people trying to survive and the movie definitely makes them more monstrous and then the finale is like he goes out killing them and they're just monsters and I'm like that's kind of the thing, the whole point the whole point of it so like making a sequel is really cool and being like yo that ending sucks can we just do the thing we were supposed to do uh is actually incredible um yeah. I am Michael B. Jordan rules uh I'm super uh, uh i'm super excited about this like i i love post-apocalypse stuff like when done right and like i like that movie a lot i think it's pretty cool um yeah
0: this is I, cool. I i i agree like i think the first movie is really good i i always i just don't like the ending like and like yeah. the mag, mag is in the comments and it makes a good a good comparison to a little okay. shop of horrors like test audiences asked wanted that ending and so they 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 refilmed it and honestly i think it makes the movie worse yeah and oh what's that test aus- audiences get something
3: wrong oh yeah. tell me it ain't so listen the the
1: Zazlov. no offense no offense to the average case of casual but like i don't think you should go to a bunch of random people and go hey what do you think this movie is good like because <laughs> like that's just like let the artists tell the story and if you like it you like it you don't you don't That's kind of like what art is supposed to be you're not supposed yeah. to test audience it into a crater of four quadrants
3: Uh, Can you you imagine if, like, painters had to, like, go through test audiences to release their paintings? It's like,
0: can you imagine? I was like,
1: is this good? (laughs) No, put the ear back. Uh,
0: If you want to pull up Mag's comment, Ben, real quickly. Um, So Mag's talking about the Little Shop of Horrors ending, which was originally this kind of, like, giant monster kaiju ending where where the plant got really big and and started rampaging around the city. I think they were right on that one honestly. I like the original. I like the theatrical ending more.
1: Yeah. I think uh, I think it is a I think it's a better ending, at least for Seymour and stuff, but like I that is a really fun idea of like yeah. damn, that's how it ends. It just turns into a giant monster and like takes over the world wild. Uh I do think it's a better ending for the musical that they were making.
0: Yeah. Um but anyway, uh speaking of The Last of Us though, Michael B. Jordan or no, Akiva Goldsman said um I'm obsessed with The Last of Us, where we see the world just post-apocalypse, uh, post-apocalypse but also after a 20- to 30-year lapse. You see how the Earth reclaims the world. And he's talking about that because he's going to going to use The Last of Us as inspiration for the aesthetic of I Am Legend 2.
1: That totally makes sense. Yeah, the uh, the game and now the show... Is is beautiful and like it's all about yeah like you know after the apocalypse you know things get blown up but then nature reclaims it so there's ivy everywhere there's trees growing where there shouldn't be there's grass everywhere uh, uh, animals there's some of it in in I am Legend but it's it still too too close to the apocalypse for nature to reclaim so this is actually a really dope idea and it's been you know it'll be almost twenty years by the time this comes out from that movie so like that's that's we're getting old so like that's pretty cool
0: that's pretty cool Will Smith deserves a legacy sequel. I remember
3: going to Iron Legend, seeing it, and then sneaking into the first Iron Man movie. Wow, a
1: good year! That's a good double feature, baby.
3: My God, twenty years it's been.
1: Not, not quite. But we're we're, we're getting there. Yeah,
0: we're we're getting close. Yeah, it's, it's about closer fifteen. Than you want
1: it to be is it makes makes me sad.
0: Yeah, because it's about. Fifteen, isn't it? Yeah, I have to
3: keep yeah. reminding myself that twenty years ago it was the Nintendo GameCube and not the NES or the Super Nintendo that was out. That was that's how 30. it
2: works.
3: Yeah, it's awful. It sucks. Yeah, it's it's like, oh yeah, it was nineteen eighty-five. Wasn't that long ago? It's like that's well over thirty years. That's like thirty plus years, Ben. What the fuck? Hey man, I got a virtual reality machine. I'm okay
0: being my age. <laughs> yeah. I'll be
3: honest. I'll be True. honest. it's Pretty sweet. True. The future is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, me. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you guys love How to Train the Dragon? I do. I really do love How to Train a Dragon. That
3: is a
1: think fantastic, a fantastic movie franchise. franchise. I think that is a fantastic franchise. I wish the ending could have been better, but I think that's a fantastic franchise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever watch How to Train a Dragon? It was like, man, I wish this was live action. Not even no. once. <laughs>
2: Not well. even once.
0: Well, uh, Universal Pictures has gone into production on a How to Train Your Dragon live-action adaptation directed by the director of the animated trilogy, Dean DeBlois.
2: Okay. Okay? It's,
1: it's, inc- it's really great that they got the original guy actually no i'm I'm lying to myself when i say that because it's just going to be the first movie exactly how it is but in live action you're just getting the there's not going to be any originality to it you're not going to bring a fresh perspective you're just like hey they're going to do like the lion king it's gonna be like the lion king but like there's a lot of humans so they're not gonna have the same problem i love dragons like i'm more for dragon movies in the world I, I saw this news and i was like man this should make me happy but i feel gross <laughs> i don't want. i don't want it Wait,
0: wh- we're kind of coming at this at the, no, I wouldn't say the tail end, but like in the middle of like Disney doing this all the time. And I talked about it with sparks with the little mermaid, with the little mermaid, when we were looking at our schedule for the year. And I was just like, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. Like, these are all not good. Uh, There's some, there's some diamonds in the rough. I mean, Aladdin, I just, I did that on purpose. Um, But like, for the most part, they are disappointing pale comparisons of they're they're just like fine
1: we'll get like cruella but like yeah i don't
0: cruella is a really good example of like bringing a fresh perspective something new yeah uh and i like cruella for that but like if you're just doing the same thing again what's the point i mean i would say i still enjoy cinderella a whole lot i do too cinderella was like 10 years ago at this
3: point though exactly yeah like cinderella's nice um maleficent's just different enough I mean, it's I not like exact. It's not an exact replica or retelling of Sleeping Beauty. It's a little bit different. Um, uh,
1: I think of the but, Lion King though, and it makes me want to vomit.
0: Yeah, oh, like God, that's the no. thing. Like the Lion King is the is the factor here. Like the and then Pinocchio came out last year, and nobody saw that. <laughs> so I'm sorry, one person saw that. Ben will be the it, only one of us to ever see that movie.
3: It was a mistake. That's, that bums me out so much,
0: let's, and I'm sure. Sh- and here's the thing Let's I'm sure die. little little mermaid will be I hope little mermaid is good. I never want I never hope for yeah. a bad movie. But like yeah. I'm not I'm not really rooting for it either. I don't really have any desire to see it right now. Um yeah. I mean I want to go see the
3: little mermaid but also I'm really hoping it is an absolute fantastic film just to, just to just as be like a middle finger to all the assholes who were talking smack about the main about the main sure. lead. Sure,
0: there's always there's always that, but you know, like I look at the ones that I like, which are Peach Dragon, Cruella, Maleficent. Cinderella even is different enough. Um I mean, how much can you really work that story? But like there are there are those are I think really good movies that Disney has made that allowed filmmakers to put their own spin on their classic material. Yeah. But here's the thing, now going back to How to Train a Dragon, Dean DeBlois is a good director. I like him as an animated director and he, this is going to be his first live action thing. And that's really cool. You know, we saw it with Andrew Stanton going from animation to, to live action. Like it's really cool when he can make that jump. Um, But if he's coming back to do it, that means he's just making his movie again, but in live action. And he even said like, it. we're trying to find, we're trying to walk the line between making the dragons photo realistic and cute. And I was like, you shouldn't have to do that because you already made the, the animated movies
1: and like yeah like i yeah this is kind of honestly just kind of just bums me out because like yeah if this were a different director i honestly would probably feel really differently but like the studio getting the guy like i just know they want they want to make the exact same movie because that movie is incredible and they want they don't need to change it and that's a problem like oh we don't need to do anything with it so just do it again please we'll get the original guy like you know like we don't have to do much, really, free money. And I'm like, oh, but our, but our <laughs> come on, guys, come
0: on. And like you'll constantly think about like like Del Toro's. Every time Del Toro wins an Oscar, wins an award for Pinocchio, who's like animation is a medium, animation should be respected. And then he, and you bring it like that. But he came in, he tweeted this, and was like, oh, I'm so excited for you, Dean. Well done. I'm so happy you get to do this. Listen,
1: he can be a very excited for his friend. But also not, but also want to want animation to reign supreme. Like he can yeah. do both things. Like he didn't like you know.
0: Smooth passing. The I I just John Powell also for the end of the news that John Powell is going to come back to score the movie, which is cool. You know, I like his score. But again, yeah, I be, have his score. Yeah, it'll, it'll be the same score, but probably just more
1: bombastic for live action. You
0: know, yeah.
1: not that it's not already great as is, but you know.
3: I mean, the trend right now, and a trend I hope to use when I finally go to Super Nintendo World is to do like the mashup between um, out there with the test flight song
4: hmm. that's been
3: Cute. making around rounds on social media, and yeah, that that song already is just so freaking like uh, majestic and amazing, and no. it's like.
0: No, I have a question. Does Gerard Butler return as yes. Stoic? Yeah. He's uh, probably the better. Yeah, it may be yeah.
1: like Ferguson. But not I don't gonna think get you Jay get Baruchel.
0: I don't think you get Craig Ferguson. And yeah, you definitely not get Jay Baruchel. But like, I think, um I think, uh, uh who did I say? He's the
1: Mufasa. You have to get the original guy.
0: Yes, exactly. the one I was gonna say. He's he's James Earl Jones in The Lion King. You have to get him back.
1: I think, and he's he can. great for that role anyway. So like, yeah. he look, he's just give him a
0: big beard. He's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well. Um, look, I hope this is good. I like the How to Train Your Dragon movies a lot. I yeah. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think it's coming a little late. When did that first one come? Or out? early?
1: When did that first one come out?
3: Two thousand and
1: ten. Ten. Two thousand ten sounds right.
0: Mm-hmm. We're not even.
1: Yeah, like it is. I think it's too soon. Yeah. We were. If we reviewed the last movie on this podcast, that
0: means it's too soon. We did. We reviewed Hidden World on this podcast. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like are they going to do all 3? If if this one does well, absolutely. 100%. I don't
0: want to see that.
1: We're getting another Lion King movie. It's a prequel, but we're getting another one because that movie made a billion dollars. But
0: you know what? I'm actually interested in that one because it's something different. It's a different spin on the Lion King. It's doing something new. It's got a different director.
1: Yeah, but it's still going to look like the Lion King where they're not yeah. expressive.
0: Yeah, that's true. But so no like if we lose if you wanted to do, like, How to Train Your Dragon, but you wanted to, like, maybe adhere closer to the books than the movie did, you know, that's something. I, again, yeah. this is... I'm just kind of throwing some things out there because, like, if you also wanted to do, like, uh, you know... Maybe the first one is, the, is like it, but the sequel is drastically different. We go in a different direction with the sequel. That's something. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't
1: know. I just... Getting the original guy doesn't give me faith.
0: Yeah. Again, that's,
1: that's not a quality thing. I just think we're going to get a, a similar product... And that's just lazy. That's just, it's lazy.
0: Yeah. Speaking of laziness, Lilo and Stitch, the live action adaptation, started casting. <laughs> this one has a 20 year barrier. I'm allowing it. Um, uh, it it is cast Zach Galifianakis as Pleakley. That makes sense. I it's like, like the that.
1: skinny the skinny alien guy. Yeah, the skinny yeah. alien guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure, sure. That's I'm... I, I am okay with this one because mm-hmm. this one, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's late '90s, or early '2000s, but it's long enough. And I think this this specific premise really works as a live action movie. It's ET, but in, mm-hmm. like, it's a Hawaii ET. So like, I'm, I'm Hawaii, right? I'm uh It's been a while right. since I've seen it. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. I'm like, not, That's yeah. Uh, so like, I'm, I'm totally on board with this one. Um, you know, it could a trailer could ruin it for me, but right now I'm like, sure, like, I'm, I'm ready for some more Lilo. Instantly.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's always the thing is there's always potential for them to do something different enough that makes this that makes this a unique worthwhile adaptation that makes you think like okay this was worth adapting into into live action i think we all agree just kind of reiterate for the audience that like the the thing that we never want to see is the same thing again because what's the (laughs) point Absolutely. i think i think lilo and stitch has the potential to maybe have something different happen in the movie
1: i hope so and there's like so so much like there's like a TV show, and there's like games, and there's like there's so much stuff they could pull from. So like I'm I'm
0: hoping. Yeah. Man, I watched the shit out of that show when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, same. Yeah.
0: Uh, ben, your roommates are quite loud oh, tonight. I, I will. I'll just uh, uh, reiterate. Okay, some Doctor Who news, uh, specifically audio news. I thought this was really cool. So Big Finish is coming back for the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. Um, we don't exactly know what the, what's going on with the TV show. All we know is that David Tennant's coming back. We don't know much more than that, um, but that's really exciting. But for Big Finish, they're starting. A, they're going to release a series called Once in Future, starting in October, which will be about the Doctor during the Time War, having been injured, he starts to degenerate, going through his past lives uh, as the series goes on, which is kind of cool.
1: Interesting.
0: So, obviously, Tom Baker, Peter, Pete, Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Paul McGann, Christopher Eccleston, and David Tennant will all reprise their roles. That's really cool. Um, really cool that Christopher Eccleston is doing this. Like, good, I'm happy for him.
1: Enough time has passed where it's like, nah, I'm over it.
0: Yeah. Um, Stephen Noonan will play the first Doctor, uh, which is a role that he he inherited from David Bradley, who stepped away from the role last year, 2021. Uh, David Bradley will we'll still do it in live action, but not in audio. Michael Trufton, who is the son of Patrick Trufton, who played the second doctor, will play the second doctor. Um, he's been he's been doing the role. Actually, this will be first, his first time taking over the role for his dad. That's fun. Um, Tim Treloar will play the third doctor. Obviously, these doctors have passed away, uh, which is why they're recasting them. Um, and he's been doing the, the third doctor since 2015. So that's cool. Um, as well as that, uh, David Warner, who recently passed away and we talked about, um, who played General Chang in Star Trek, the undiscovered country. He has been doing a role in big finish called the unbound doctor, which is a parallel version of the third doctor um, in a much more kind of like bleaker universe. Um, he's been, so he's been the doctor essentially um, he'll return. As well, this will be kind of like his last, his last recordings as the Unbound Doctor.
1: Oh, well, that's nice that he gets to do that or he gets, yeah. get, gets released.
0: Yeah, I'm actually I'm really happy. I was really happy to hear that because I was like, you know, he deserves that. Yeah. Um, Michelle Gomez will return as Missy, Peter Capaldi's master. Uh, Nicola Walker will return as Liv Chen- Chenka, who is the Eighth Doctor companion. So don't worry about not knowing who that is. Georgia Tennant will play Jenny, the Doctor's daughter. Will reprise her role as Jenny from the TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, they've been doing Big Finish stuff with her. I didn't even know. It's a lot of, a lot, a lot of Doctor Who stuff. Man, the Big Finish stuff. It's like, if you're like, oh, the, I wish the show did that. I bet you Big Finish did it. Oh, yeah. Um, Michelle Ryan will play Lady Christina. Um, this is funny. This is really funny. So if you guys, uh, Ben do not see it, but Ryan, do you remember David Tennant's last season? I mean, you've gotta be a little more specific. <laughs> when he when he goes to this planet of like sand, and there's like a double decker bust in the sand,
3: yeah. and
0: um, yeah, uh, his companion in that episode has recently joined Big Finish as that character. Um, so she'll come back for this for this uh, audio adventure. Ready. they got everybody. Yeah, uh, Camilla Co- uh, Coduri, who played Jackie Tyler in the series, uh, Rose's mom, uh, she'll come back. Uh, isn't it isn't it just? Uh, Nev McIntosh who plays Madame Vastra, which is the uh, how much of Capaldi's season did you did you watch, Ryan? I watched the first season. How many seasons did he do? Two? Three? Three, I believe. I did I did like one and a half. Um it's remember the lizard lady who's in the who's like a detective in eighteen hundreds London?
1: That does sound very familiar.
0: Did she wear uh, a hat? Yes. Then yes,
1: I do remember a lizard lady with a cute hat.
0: Yeah, uh, she'll she returns as as well as her wife who play uh, Katrin Stewart who plays her wife Jenny Flint. She will return, and Dan Starkey who plays their Santaran bodyguard will also return.
1: Wow, you're just you're just getting anybody and everybody.
0: <laughs> no, seriously, I'm not even done. Uh, Sadie Miller, who is uh, Elizabeth Sladen's daughter. Elizabeth Slayton passed away. She played Sarah Jane Smith in the series. She has been playing Sarah Jane Smith in Big Finish since 2020. Took over from her mom. Uh, she'll, yeah, time. she'll she'll return. Makes sense. Similar vocal cords.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, Christopher Naylor, who plays a character named Harry Sullivan, who was a companion to the fourth and seventh Doctor in the series, he'll return. Ken Bones, who plays the gen- the eleventh General, who was a general, who was a Time Lord general from Peter Capaldi series um and the 50th anniversary of dr who he'll come back and beth chambers who plays a character named velkin who is a timeless soldier and the audio stuff she'll come back
1: that's a lot of characters
0: and that's not even all of them they haven't announced all of them
1: It's too many characters
0: it's really cool that they're just like going all out like because you could record them at different days like all you just got to do is give them a script
1: yeah it's really easy to go like hey can you just like come in for 20 minutes (laughs) thank
0: you Yeah. yeah um and I think that's really cool. I really like the big finish audio doctor who like when they cross over doctors, because it's really cool to hear all these voices together. Because uh-huh. you don't really get you can't get the older doctors really comfortably in the series because of how much they've aged. So uh-huh. it's really cool to, to be able to have like Christopher Eccleston talking to the third doctor. Like you you'd never get that in the show, but you get them in big finish. Yeah. So I thought I think that's really cool. That's cool. All right, comic books. I'm here. We are legends, not to be confused with "I am legends." Uh, we are legends will be a new series, a new kind of initiative, a new a new um. What's the word I'm looking for? Imprint. What was it called? The one with sideways
1: and the then the fake Fantastic Four, oh. the New Age of superheroes. What was it?
0: I think it was the New Age of superheroes. Okay,
1: because that's what this feels like. A little
0: bit. Okay. Not that it's a
1: bad thing, but it just feels like, oh, you're trying to do a bunch of new characters again? Let's see if it works.
0: Yeah, but this was most specifically um Asian American characters. Um that's the that's the big pull here. And like everyone okay. who works on them is Asian American and everyone everyone behind the scenes Asian American. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Ram V's on one of these.
0: Ram V is on one of them, yeah. So um the first series was, is gonna be called Spirit World, which is I'm just gonna blanket. They're all six issue mini series. I'm not gonna re- I'm not gonna repeat that. Easy um spirit world written by Alyssa wong who wrote batman urban legends marvel's deadpool as well as others um, haining who is the will be the, the artist on it deceased artist mm-hmm. um, we will introduce a new character named xanthi uh, ben your screen is somehow louder oh boy yeah um can't you tell them to like can you turn their volume down <laughs> that's <a> rude <laughs> you can't do that to people <laughs> Um, anyway, so I's going to introduce a new character named Xanthi, who uh-huh. is a non-binary Chinese hero uh-huh. who has the ability to travel in and out of the spirit world and possesses the ability to burn items to burn items folded from ceremonial joss paper and turn them into real objects that can be used in the physical world
1: That is a incredibly cool power, yeah, It's basically like turning origami into real life. That's super cool,
0: yeah, I thought that was really neat. yeah. Um, a little bit about their superpower, because I thought this was kind of cool. Um, their superpower is based on the East Asian custom of burning Joss paper at grave sites uh, to send resources to ancestors in the spirit world.
1: That's lovely. That's very cool.
0: Yeah, um, Xanthi will, will form a reluctant re- alliance with DC's bad boy of the Mystic Arch, John Constantine.
4: Ooh, bad boy.
0: Uh, and uh, apparently they're going to try and rescue Cassandra Kane. Oh, from a horde of, Yangshi, jiang, jiangshi, jiang mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chinese hopping vampires. Oh, I'm familiar with them. Oh yeah. Ah, yeah. <gasps> oh, okay. Yeah, the ones that this ones stick off the head, right?
1: Maybe some. I just I know I know that it's the, like the hop and hop because I played a, a video game where I have to fight those guys. Hmm. They might also uh, take their head off. That could be
0: part of the lower eye. Of they might be different. Those might be different vampires. Because I know of a vampire that takes off their head, kind of slithers in, in the night, and then sucks sucks the blood out of your feet. Mm. Don't oh! Think that these, that yeah, that's
3: why you can't keep your feet... Yeah, okay. Hold on. I'm
0: gonna um, Google anyway. it. Depends on the googs. Mm-hmm. Now, The Vigil will be written by Ram V, with art by Lalit Kim. Kumar, Kumar Sharma who wrote Truth and Justice and Daredevil, art artist, art on Truth and Justice and Daredevil among others now the visual is going to be a team of superheroes consisting of Light, Saya, Dodge, Dodge? Dodge and Castle so it's introducing a whole new team of characters, um, a group of individuals given powers they didn't want these characters have already shown up in Lazarus Planet a lot of this stuff is bouncing out of Lazarus Planet by the way yeah 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 okay. Oh, excuse me. I
1: forgot that started, man.
0: Yeah, that ended. Ah, it's too many uh, comics. Determined to stop metahuman research and tech created for military application at any cost. That's their that's their goal. That's what the show books about.
1: Oh, they, wait, did they want to stop? That they sound like bad guys.
0: Well, they 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 are doing it for altruistic reasons. They're like they don't want to be metahumans because they were experimented on. So they're trying to oh. stop metahuman experiments.
1: Oh, got it, got it, got. It. Okay, that makes more sense. Gotcha. That's yeah. that sounds.
0: And then City Boy. Uh, who will be written by Greg Pak with art by Ming-Kyu Young, Mm -hmm. uh, artist on Batgirl and Titans, and Sunny Go, Go, art Wonder Woman DC Festival of Heroes and Justice League. Um, This is going to introduce Cameron, who is just a kid trying to make a living using his powers of speaking to cities to find lost and hidden goods to pawn, just trying to get by, but having these powers also means that he hears everything about these cities everywhere and all at once including their histories and the truths behind them
1: so uh that that is a very cool power that you don't see very often uh that is uh one of the powers that one of the guys in the authority has i believe it's jack Hawksmore, where he literally has he's tied to the city that he's in and he gains power through the city and he can like did and like any the different city he's in makes him different um so that's a cool thing to be tied to the place that you're in. That's a that is a unique power to have. It's cool to see. That's that sounds pretty cool.
0: Yeah, apparently he's already friends with Gotham City. Um, so Oof. he, so he's trying to convince Metropolis to be like, hey, Metropolis, I'm I'm friends with Gotham City. Um, and I guess he talked to Gotham City, Gotham City's sewage avatar, which is a rat made out of sewage.
1: sure, make Gotham. I believe anything.
0: Yeah. Um, these all sound like cool characters. Um, six issue miniseries is, you know, we, you wish that a lot of these would become ongoing. Some, some of them could be. Um, yeah. I'm
1: sure it's testing the water. to See if people like all the, all these characters and stuff. Uh, they all sound cool. And those are all good writers. So like, uh, I mean, I'm all for, 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 for,
0: I am all for more unique characters and stuff. So like, let's hope these are good. Yeah. Me too. Ben, did you find out about hopping vampires?
3: Yes. So they don't drink blood. They just suck your life force instead.
0: That's worse. They're life force vampires. Yeah.
1: You hate it. Hate
0: to see it. All right, Peacemaker is getting a new mini series spinning out of his run on Suicide Squad. He's been released from the Suicide Squad. Everybody. Oh no, no, no. Um, written I mean, by good. Kyle. Yeah. Sp- <laughs> written by Kyle Starks, uh, with art by Steve Pugh and, Jord- and Jordy Belair. Mm-hmm. Also a sexy mini miniseries. This will be a Black Label series. Makes sense. Um, I haven't heard about the Black Label in a while.
2: It's been a. It's
1: they, been a- they're
0: still doing stuff. I think. Yeah, I guess so.
1: Like, there's a, there's a like a, a Swamp Thing green label, green, green label black label book that's, like, super delayed that keeps coming out every... I think it's a Jeff Lemire one. It's like, yeah, this comes out every every few months.
0: Yeah, I really want to read that. I've been waiting for the trade because I'd like to collect the black labels as trades. I think it's,
1: like, only, like, on second or third issue, and it's been, like, a year. And I'm like, eh, hey, whatever.
4: It happens. Yeah, I'll wait. Yeah.
0: Um, the synopsis of this one is basically, uh, having earned his release from the Suicide Squad, Peacemaker wants to try and do normal superhero stuff for a change. Unfortunately, everyone, including the bad guys, thinks he sucks at superhero stuff. Mm -hmm. But when busting up a a terrorist ring introduces Christopher Smith to the cutest thing to ever walk awkwardly on four legs, he finds an unconditional love he's been denied his whole life. That is, until the dog is kidnapped right out from under him by a supervillain, who has some very unsuperheroic plans for Peacemaker's brand of ultra violence? Will he help an infamously unstable, superpowered criminal steal the world's most valuable and dangerous DNA? Honestly, Christopher's pretty lonely, so it probably just depends on how nicely you ask. That sounds great. That sounds perfect.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that sounds really
0: fun. Uh, yeah, I'm totally,
1: I'm totally, I love him. Like, no, I'm gonna be a superhero, and everyone's like, "Boo, you suck!" Like, I'm, I'm, I will read that comic book. That sounds great.
0: Yeah, and I like the I like the idea of uh, you know giving him like an animal companion, kind of doing like the John Wick thing, but he's not good enough to be John Wick. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
3: And also, I just love Max comment on Emma in the background. <laughs> he swears that <laughs> Emma is on Modok's throne. Sleep
0: kitty. <laughs> it looks like it. It's really cool. It does. Um, the Penguin TV series has started casting.
4: <laughs>
0: uh, Re- uh Renny Feelas. From Runaways, here's the lead, the leader of the group. Um, Oh my
2: gosh! Is this a
1: a a lady or a man?
0: A man. So African American man. Oh Oh. Jesus! Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's the bad guy in the comics. Yeah. With the hair. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, he's joined the cast. Cool. 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 Michael Kelly from Jack Ryan a Man of Steel. Um, he's plays Lombard in Man of Steel. He's you. If you see a picture of me like I know this guy.
1: Yeah, he's he he's a really big guy in uh, Netflix's House of Cards. Uh he's he's yes. a really great.
0: He's a really great actor. Um he's in the show uh Shore Agdashlu from uh The Expanse Arcane. Uh a uh, kind of Indian woman with a really raspy voice.
1: Oh, she the greatest the greatest voice of all time.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh
0: She's she, she she has been cast. She was the president of Star Trek Beyond. I thought that was funny.
1: She she does so much video game work. Like, she's instantly recognizable.
0: Yeah, I, I love her voice. She's just so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Deidre O'Connell from Daredevil and Outer Range has also been cast. I, I didn't recognize this one.
1: Look at all these people.
0: Hey, man, that show's coming soon. I'll believe it when I see it. We're getting a Penguin series starring Colin Farrell. Nice. Yeah, they're like, yeah, it's February.
1: Like, yo, that thing is real. Like, that's an underwater that's a flooded Gotham that's like a prequel to the next Batman like man that's real
0: Thumbs so up Colin Farrell and that prosthetic makeup for a whole series is gonna be wild uh, uh Sparks was
1: re-watching the Batman um um for 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 reasons and uh oh God, I was God. like I can't watch it because it's too late um but I watched like the I watched some of it. And it's just, like, the for Farrell doing like, oh, you don't know the difference between L and L, it's Spanish, and you speak Spanish, i Like, it's just, like, I can't believe we're getting an entire show about that guy. Uh, <laughs> it's thrilling. I've never been more excited for Penguin in my entire life.
0: Uh, speaking of Sparks, we should let him know we're approaching trailer talk pretty quickly. Who do you know? Uh, that, is that your call?
2: I thought That's the call, one. yeah, yeah. That's uh, the
0: call every time I see my mom. so Deadpool. Deadpool has cast Emma Corrin uh, from The Crown. She played Princess Diana in The Crown, um, so she'll be the villain in uh, Deadpool three.
1: Man, let me tell you, when she was cast, uh, the X Men world was like, "Holy shit, what mutant is she playing?"
0: Oh my god, there's so many
1: great mutants that would fit for uh, for either X Factor or X Force that would fit with Deadpool, and like she's a villain. Everyone's like, "Wow, I, now I have no idea who she is." No idea, because <laughs> there's so many great. Like a lot of people thought she was going to be Siren. Uh, 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 Teresa Cassidy who is a banshee's daughter Um, she's the one who had the baby but with multiple man and then it got duped and it got swallowed back inside of him god what, Peter David you suck Uh, I'm, Deadpool 3 is happening with Wolverine and it's no doubt gonna be like the end of the Fox you know they're gonna do that like the end of the Fox franchise shit so like I'm just I'm just so excited I'm so excited can't believe Deadpool like 3 is coming those are all good movies happy I happy. think I know
0: who's just playing who mr sinister mr sinister there is a
1: mr sinister but that's like way later
0: i'm just saying they've been teasing sinister for many movies
1: they have i i don't i at this point i don't think they would waste mr sinister right before the x-men come because i do think he will be their first big bad he's he, he, he only makes the most sense
0: yeah uh some mcu talk just bounce off of that uh because there was a there was a there there was a new mcu movie guys i don't know if you heard uh and uh um the red carpet it was a great time to talk to mr kevin feige himself who who released a couple of a couple of interesting nuggets of information such as thaddeus ross will be the president of the united states in captain america 4 Ooh. that rumor is true uh i thought that i think that's kind of cool and i'm very excited to see harrison ford with a big bushy mustache I can't yeah. wait for him to
1: yell, get off my plane as the president for a second time.
0: Oh. Yeah, actually, I can't. I know. You know they're gonna
1: make an Air Force One joke. You know. It. Oh, yeah,
0: they should. Um cool. And have you seen Air Force One? I have not. Oh, you should. It's great. Yeah. Gary
1: Oldman is a bad guy terrorist. Uh, Harrison Ford kicks ass as the president. Couldn't couldn't ask for a better time.
3: Get off. I just know the line, get off my plane. That's the only line from that, that movie I know. It's, it's infamous, it's so good.
0: Uh, he also had this to say about the about the, the output of Marvel, about uh, specifically Phase 4 and going into Phase 5. The pace at which we're putting out the Disney Plus shows will change so they can each get a chance to shine. We want to do shows that can only be shows.
1: Look at you, Kevin. You lear- Are you learning from your mistakes, maybe? Maybe a little too late? That's okay. We're here for it.
0: We love change. There's a rumor going around that we're only going to get two shows this year. I don't know how much of that, that I believe, but... Interesting. Do you have the news about uh, the delay? Is that is that part of this news too? Yeah, uh, mar- the okay. Marvels has been pushed to November tenth.
1: Yeah. Okay. So we have uh, Guardians, and then then is it Miss mar- And then is it the Marvels? Is those, are those the only two? Yeah, I yeah. think so. That we know of for sure, because yeah. Captain America's not this year. Um, g- honestly, good. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, and the thing that I that I don't think will happen because this is generally what happens. Like when movies get pushed, uh, I hope they work on it. Like maybe like give the people who work on the special effects, like more time. Cause like a lot of these movies, no matter how good they are, they have some real, real shitty effects. Cause you don't give these people enough time to work on them. Um, so if you're giving like this movie an extra six months, can you do something with it instead of just put it on a shelf? Because yeah. it like, not spoilers for a movie we're going to talk about soon, but, like, even no matter how much I like or dislike it, like, yo, man, there's some real bad green screen in that movie. And I'm just like, it doesn't have to be. I've seen Avatar. I know time can make everything look beautiful. So, like, give your products time to shine because I think these products could be better with a little more spit shine on them. All of them,
0: if I'm being honest. I 100% agree with that. I think the the CG workers need to be A, properly compensated and have plenty of time to do these things. And, like, the thing is when you talk, like, we were talking about it when they first announced phase five and six we We're like they're put, they were putting out, they are putting out twice as many projects in half the time. That the infinity saga took. So yep. that's a, that's a lot of work, especially for like VFX artists who have to look at that and go, Oh shit. Um, we already saw that. They pushed the Avengers secret wars. Good. We see that they, that they want to give more time to the TV shows. Good. They pushed the Marvels. Good, but it, don't push them. Because you think we want to wait for them. Push them because there's still more work that needs to be done to them. To make them shine. To make them the the projects that we know they can be. You spend billions of dollars on these things.
1: Show it. I, I still cannot believe that there's just a Aquaman movie that's been done and has been done. And we won't see for still another nine, another I ten know. months. I cannot fathom that. How there's just a a like billion dollar movie waiting to be released. It's like, yeah, we'll get that in a year. Don't worry about it. I'm like, man, this like it's it's wild. That movie, I'm sure, looks great. I'm not worried about Aquaman. I'm
0: really I'm really glad that we're getting four DC movies this year, only because they're all done. (laughs) So like they can they can just release them. Um, but like the the these shows specifically suffered, I think, a lot from the schedule that they had to keep. You know, we were looking at six shows a year, uh almost like there are 17 projects uh looking in uh in and that we talked about on with Mike this past week so like maybe like give them the 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 time to spread out the, these shows so that you have the time to refine these things we saw some good shows we saw some mediocre shows i want to i want to see marvel put out great shows
1: i agree i agree
3: okay i think um, the dish i think the dishes are done right now so someone was doing dishes downstairs and it was uh a little loud that's why i was quiet um but to throw my two cents into this for a very hot second i agree with feige more on like just make sure they're good just make sure the shows are shows you don't have to keep pumping stuff out one after the other constantly i mean as a lot of as people really are to mix results because there were some really good shows and there are also a few stinkers here and there so uh
0: is that a sparks witty i spy yeah but don't mention him we'll talk about it we'll, we'll get him on one of the trailers he was adamant about this
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we that thing up. You continue to talk. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm actually okay with it's odd to say, but I'm actually okay with less Marvel TV shows instead of a whole lot of Marvel TV shows because yeah. as as like you said, give them time to breathe, let them time to shine, also let give us time to breathe because looking at the schedule sometimes going, oh my god, how much shows do we have to watch?
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, it also make makes our job a lot easier doing these after it, shows.
3: It does. <laughs> All right.
1: For audio listeners, we have two new people in in the chat. We got a Sparks witty. Hey. And we got a friend of the show Marty.
4: Hey. Marty, you have to say something It's audio. Podcast, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, I mean, it's also video though, right? Right. So but the, he was
2: saying for the audio listeners oh, who didn't but, see
4: us. Yeah, like yeah. Audio. We only
2: have some. Uh, part... Yeah, sense. yeah. Okay. Only
1: in the earbuds, and you have such a beautiful, beautiful okay. voice. Can I do it one more time?
2: Please. Hey guys,
1: <laughs> look at that. Perfect. Professional. The house. <laughs> Nailed it.
0: Nailed it. Nailed it. This is the kind of joy. This is the kind of content you can only get on the live stream, guys. So if you're not watching the live streams, you're missing out. You're missing out. (laughs) All right, Hellboy. Let's talk about some Hellboy real quick because they're making they're they're taking another run at it.
1: Couldn't be happier to be honest.
0: Uh, They're going to make Hellboy the Crooked Man from director Brian Brian Taylor, um, which will be written by Mike Manola, and Christopher Golden. Real quickly, the plot will follow Hellboy and a rookie BPRD agent stranded in 1950s rural Appalachia as they discover a small community haunted by witches led by a local devil with a troubling connection to Hellboy's past, the Crooked Man. Question.
1: Yes, sir. It, this is a Conjuring universe tie-in. Yeah, they are tying yes. together. Yeah.
3: Yes. I was going to say David Harbour still playing Hellboy. No.
1: No, this is okay. a reboot. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, that movie bombed and most people didn't like it. So yeah. uh, sorry, David Harbour. Start over.
0: Um. Someone mentioned that the, they should they should have they should try to try again with Hellboy. But a TV series kind of seems like the way to go for me. Um. But honestly, yeah, you want to take another crack at it? Go for it. I like this director for Hellboy.
1: I uh, am thrilled with this news.
0: One, uh,
1: Mike, Mino- Mike Minnelli is co-writing it. Um. So I'm just beyond thrilled so if if it sucks then it's literally on the guy who made its fault so like you know there's one the one there but um this director not only directed uh the best Ghost Rider movie of only two uh spirits of vengeance where he pisses fire he also directed cranks one and two which are some of the greatest stupidest jason stanford movies ever made i love those movies to death this guy is such a chaotic energy to his filmmaking um and it's perfect and like having it be 1950s hellboy it's gonna be young hellboy so like you can get someone young uh even though he he's he's gonna be like 19 but he still looks like he's a 40 year old man because that's how that's what hellboy is but what i love about hellboy that dude's been dead for like eight years in the comics but there's every miniseries it's hellboy in the bprd 1950 hellboy in the bprd 1955 i have so many miniseries that are just about young hellboy um because again like they decided to kill him and i think that's awesome and they're just a BPRD doing their own thing. He might have come back by now. It's been a long time. Um, but I think this is great. Having a lower budget, uh, uh, just hey, it's a small small town. Let's just go film somewhere in Eastern Europe. Uh, let's just make it chaotic, Ghost Rider energy with Hellboy. Hundred percent, hundred percent, love it. Uh, yeah. I love being half a face. I'm like two
0: face. <laughs> Marty's got some room. You can move him in. No, I like yeah, it. Do you want me? I- <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, it's
4: good. It's uh, it's,
2: it's art
0: trailers T-tong- trailer time did you guys watch T-tong- trailers nope no hell yeah why'd you want to be on the
2: trailers then we d- we didn't I was gonna come on for the review I thought you guys were much <laughs> deeper into the trailers at this point than you, said you
0: were <laughs> I also I missed Radio Text the second time I guess that's okay
1: we'll tell you what's cool and what's not that Operation, cool. That's Operation
0: Operation Fortune Ruse de Gure. I think this is a terrible name for a <laughs> movie.
1: Didn't this come out last year? Nope. Nope oh I also thought it did. I thought it went straight to D V D to be honest. So
0: here so here's here's what happened. The movie was started to market and then the war in Ukraine happened. Uh Russia attacked Ukraine. The villains of the movie are Ukrainian. Oh,
3: oh. oh,
1: that's, oh. that's unfortunate.
0: So they pulled the movie, be like, uh insensitive. At least they Yeah, I
1: mean that's fair. They're not doing a red dawn where there's literally like CGIing, <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's not it's not Korean people, it's Chinese people or whatever it is. Like that was awful. Um, yeah, I I think this. one on, real quick. I could have swore this was almost the exact same trailer from last year because I feel like I saw a lot of the same stuff. I think it looks totally fun. I'm here for Aubrey Plaza more than anything just because I think she's she's fun. Um, but like I I don't know if I'll see it in theaters to be honest.
0: I really enjoy uh, the gentleman, and this kind of feels more like the gentleman, less like Wrath of Man, which I didn't really care for. Um, <laughs> you know, the the two sides of this director that I forgot the name of completely. Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie, thank you. The two sides of Guy Ritchie. We can make a hardcore crime drama, and then we'll make a goofy uh, action comedy uh, drama.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, so this looks more like that, and, you know, I want to see it, but I, I wasn't crazy about this trailer. Yeah. Extrapolations. This,
1: besides having every famous person on the planet, um, it really gave me hardcore we're liberals and we need we need to make a movie about how bad it is kind of kind of mm. like no don't look up but like super serious like i'm going to be honest i am all for you know uh i'm all for you know talking about climate change stuff but like this movie is so in your face and it is so like we're the bad guys and we need to do something about it and i'm just like it's cool that it's an anthology but it's just like it's not a fun apocalypse, it's a real apocalypse that we are actually going towards. It's just too real and I don't want to watch that if I'm being honest. Technically, it looks technically, it's incredible. I think it's a really well shot show. It's just like I I don't want, I don't often feel like this with art, but like this is too real to like this is like, this could be us awesome in 20 years and I don't I don't want to watch that to be honest.
2: We talked about this like right out of the pandemic when there was a movie that was about to be like very pandemic heavy. Yeah. And yeah. uh, I think this is similar, but in the sense, I think the value of these shows is not for us; sure. it's for the uh, the TV going audience that's not entirely convinced by climate change, and they're trying to like beat them over the head with like, "This is what it's gonna be like," and, and like we, we already kind of get it, so we're just depressed to know it. But like, yeah. it's for
0: the people who don't. It's Apple, right? Yeah, it's Apple. It's a t- it's a every every episode will be set in a different decade. Uh, which is why the cast is is rotating so much it's like you know 20 21 30, sorry 2030 20, 2040 2050 and then eventually i think the last episode is set in like 2100
1: yeah i think like technically the show it like it looks really impressive like it like i have no qualms with the way it looks it's just like i just i personally don't would, don't want to watch it yeah. i think it looks great though
3: i also misread reading a text message cuz i thought we didn't have to watch this trailer so i did not watch it
0: question mark oh yeah and i wasn't sure if you guys wanted to talk about it um i I didn't didn't see we did it it. but we did it uh so jump light odyssey i put this one on here
3: (laughs) this one should talk
0: about it (laughs) i think i thought this looked really interesting honestly i like the concept of it i love there's so there's two trailers there's a gameplay trailer and a story trailer and the story trailer is just all kind of all animated artwork um from uh you know it looks very like classic voltron kind of that, that classic uh, uh 80s cartoon aesthetic uh certainly in the designs and I, I i really like that i thought that was really cool what it is is a space sim so you know this uh, you're on all the, you're on this like uh ship that has escaped earth or a different planet and you're trying to find a new home but on the way you're trying you're making the, the 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 ship into a habitable place to live i think this looks cute and charming
1: yeah, it does I, definitely look cute and charming. I definitely played these type of games uh, 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 a lot when I was younger. Uh, not that it's a an age thing. It's just, like, that's the type of game I preferred when I was younger, like uh, Space Sims. Like, there's, like, um, there's like Star Tropics and Startopia. Like, those are, like, original, like, PC and, like, old school, like, like a Nintendo game where you, like, build a little, a little like, civilization and stuff. So uh, it's definitely got a lot of charm to it. I do like the art style a lot. I do. I definitely saw a lot of people vibing with, like, the 80s anime aesthetic of it. Um, and it, looks, it does look like a, a cute in the game. Mm.
3: Sorry about that. S- I saw the uh, the gameplay trailer, or I want to say it's the gameplay trailer because we just, were like we were seeing different uh, how the ship works. Is like you need to resources to build the ship, make it habitable. But one of the things that like really struck me because the whole time it was like it seemed very chill, seemed very laid back, and then he said, "As captain, you have to make hard decisions." And a bunch of people were jettisoned out of an airlock, and I'm like, "Oh." That went dark really quick, and it's still like this happy-go-lucky feeling. And there's this one part, there's this animation of these two crew members laughing, and there's people floating in space, dead, behind them, and they're just
0: not even. I was like, so, and so the, I the story trailer, to... the story trailer, Ben is is this kind of like uh, Voltron esque uh, 80s anime, Japanese anime style, uh and it tells the story of how this invading force came to this planet and then these people went up in their ships to fight back and they lost and the planet was destroyed. And this was the only ship left and it just kind of warped out of there.
1: The last one of these types of games that I played was a game called evil genius, where you, you are a super villain like Dr. Evil and you have like a volcano layer that you're building out and you have to, you know, build workers and like, you build like, you know, places for them to live and basically on the train and like places to do missions and superheroes come to destroy it and stuff. Uh, that was that was a good time. So yeah, this looks that this looks in vain of those type of games. Uh looks like a good time. It is PC only, Brandon, so I don't think he can play.
4: No, yeah. I can't. Yeah,
1: um just... I don't have
0: I do not have a P a game game gaming PC, unfortunately. Yeah. He, can't, yeah, he can't
2: yet, but the Steam Deck in his hands is just around the corner, baby.
0: Oh come on. <laughs> if you do that, I'm gonna seriously question your life choices. <laughs> um Tetris.
4: <gasps> Dude. Dude,
0: dude.
1: dude. Forget that it's about Tetris. This is like just a great trailer, but it's about Tetris, so it's a better trailer.
3: (laughs) No, so what I I didn't know they were making a Tetris movie. And you guys know one of my favorite videos on YouTube is Chris, uh, uh, Norman Caruso's The Gaming Historians, his hour long documentary on how Tetris came from the USSR to the rest of the world it's once again if you haven't watched it it's an hour long it's an amazing documentary it truly is a crazy batshit story on how the world got tetris the gaming phenomenon that is probably one of the best video games ever made the fact that they're making a movie about the story of how we got tetris i feel is phenomenal it is absolutely great and man i cannot tell you how excited i am I think friend of the Shumari thought that the movie was, it was just a Tetris movie, and
4: it's
1: about the blocks, like like it's an like, like a Lego movie, <laughs> like
2: like the College Humor video brought to life or something. So
1: he had to get to the part where it's about <laughs> I, the making of, you know how Tetris became popular. So yeah.
0: I knew, yeah. I knew this movie was coming, and I assumed that that Ryan or Ryan and Sparks did also. Um, we had like heard about they're making a Tetris movie, and and immediately I'm thinking like, okay, how. Uh, now I see it and I see it. I'm like oh yeah. oh gotcha yeah
3: yeah the story of how the world got because if you watch the if you watch um the gaming historians video it is a crazy ass web of of rights of people thinking they have rights to certain consoles of I can easily see like college, like business professors, law professors be like showing this documentary in their classroom and be like, see, this is why contract wording is very important. Or, see, this is why you have to be very clear on who owns what and what you need to say. Cause it is an absolute bonkers story. Yeah. I can't, I mean, I could go, I could, we can talk, well, I could probably do an entire Basement arcade episode on just that one video alone. But, well, we're talking about this movie trailer. Um, this movie trailer is definitely because you guys know I got a and Apple Watch and we're using that free trial of Apple TV Plus so I could watch this movie because I need to see this movie. Like this looks now.
1: This looks like an incredible movie. Like I think this is a really, really well-made trailer. I love Taron Edgerton. Boy, he walked into a room and I'm like, bro, you are so short. Hello, Wolverine. Hey, Wolverine. You are. You should be Wolverine. Come on, Marvel, calm. Uh he he's so good all the time. What's up, Brandon?
0: Grayson's comment. I was going to bring up it. Oh, Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, Grayson said, Tetris looks so good, and the fact it revolves around Tetris is even better. Big fan, makes me want to get
0: Apple TV. Me too. So, I highly recommend Apple TV+, Plus. it is a great streaming service, has tons of awesome uh, originals, such as Prehistoric Planet, Ted Lasso, and the upcoming Godzilla Monsterverse.
2: And After Party. (laughs) And After after after
0: Party. party. And After Party. Honestly, Apple TV+, Plus kills it in the originals game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Like the oh only man, thing I... has my heart,
0: Ted Lasso, <laughs> so much like
4: everything that he says, it's just so charming. And it's, did so... you see the, the, the release you.
0: date? Did you see the release date for the, ne- for the next season dropped? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. It, it's cute.
3: I mean, I'm excited. so if I were to say anything somewhat okay, not negative, critiquing the Tetris trailer, I would say that if you put a picture of of Hank Rogers next to Terry Edgerton, they do not look the same at all. They are That's completely... not.
0: That's yeah. What that's par for the, for the course, course for these times. Hey, is it- did you guys? Did you? You guys all went to see Ant-Man and *The Wasp: Quantumania*? Did you guys see the new the the new *Oppenheimer* trailer? Yeah. No. Really? No. No. There was a There's brand a new, new
2: *Oppenheimer* trailer. Are you sure? Know. Then why are we talking about it?
1: I don't believe it you. wasn't online. It's not the same trailer that we've seen. No.
2: I, okay. Brandon no.
0: imagined it. No, I did it. I was like, I remember watching. It started and like, silly Murphy's like climbing up the ladder to see, to check on the bomb, and I'm like, look, wait, look, this is four new. Out
2: of, if four out of five nerds are sitting around, and they all saw the movie that was supposed to have the trailer in front of it, and they say it didn't happen. Did it happen? Your theater could have just gotten
4: it wrong and put on the wrong one, and that's all. That they got happened. a secret
2: trailer. Yeah, maybe,
1: <laughs> maybe. But like,
0: I was looking on life for this. I was like, nobody's talking about this. Then I imagine this.
1: The the fun thing about the Tetris movie is, uh obviously, some of the stuff is probably going to be drama, like dramatized a little bit for a fun oh,
2: movie.
1: Hardcore, but,
2: hardcore. But the thing is,
1: this is still a crazy story about like the Soviets being like, "No, we won't. This is ours." Like like Americans want to come take our shit. Hell no, baby. We're gonna get in the way of it. And it's Inten- like in the
3: middle of a Cold War. Shit's wild. It's actually more of a battle between in, between the Maxwell core and Nintendo, because it a uh, yeah, um it's Maxwell was like this big electronics distribution distributor in England because mm-hmm. okay, it's it's a whole thing. It is a whole thing, but yeah, the fact that the Soviet that people wanted to play Tetris and the Soviets were very like we don't export shit out of the Soviet Union, and this game broke through the iron curtain. And like earlier, while I was saying it's like, hey, contracts, because the Soviets were getting paid, and they got really pissed at the guy who originally went to him to try and broker a deal, which was Roger Stone.
1: I also just really love
3: not the Roger Stone you're thinking of, a different one.
1: Uh, uh, I just really love when a trailer like uses music really well. But like, if the final countdown is clearly in the movie because he's like singing karaoke of it in right. the trailer. Right. But like in the trailer, it's so like the way it hits. I'm like, damn, this is a good trailer, man. It this made trailer. me really excited to
2: watch this movie. On that note, also, I really yeah. like when a trailer. This does look like a good one. I really like when a trailer uses a song that is clearly in the movie. And then when you go see the movie, you get the trailer like song Mm -hmm. put in in its own way. So, like, you get double the whammy. But yeah, yeah. it really gives you, like, yes, this is directly the vibe of this
3: movie. It's the final countdown. Yeah, March 31st. I mean, the other movie that we didn't, um, we weren't going to talk about, I just want to mention very briefly the pinball one that doesn't have a release date. I'm looking forward to that one because I love pinball. But this one, the fact that it has a release date, it's March 31st, so we could watch it. I'm like, it's so close. It's almost here. It's almost here. Gotta get that Pluto. Apple TV. Gotta get the
2: Apple TV Plus. Right. Pluto. I love Mickey's dog. I'm so glad you put this on here.
3: What is this? So I, this I, is go. Then you go. Question. Did anyone else when they were watching the trailer? Because I was watching this and it was from Netflix's official account. There yeah. was no dialogue, right? It was just. No, that's a, it's, a yeah, it's a vibe. it's a vibe. It's okay. okay. a vibe trailer. Okay. Four-minute vibe
1: trailer. Okay, good,
3: because I thought something was wrong with my audio, with the audio, and I was trying to like, what the hell is going on exactly here? Okay, like cool. Yeah.
4: So, Brandon. Other than, other than oh, that. It, you
3: go. No, I was gonna say other than that. It's a vibe. I have a soft spot for Astro Boy. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's what it
1: is. So, if you're not familiar, that it's it's a reimagining of Astro Boy if he grew up to be a detective man. Oh. And he looks like Inspector Gadget times a million.
0: This is so that dude. That dude was Astro Boy. He's
1: yes, he is. It's
2: a reimagining of Astro. It's
1: not. It's not Astro Boy canon. It is a reimagining, like separate series. But it's him as an adult as a detective. That's cool. But it is.
2: But it is like made with the IP of Astro Boy. It's not like it's supposed to be Astro Boy like. Like they are reinterpreting Astro Boy IP into this.
0: Right, because when um, we see the boy, the little boy at the end of the trailer, I was like, "Is that Astro Boy?"
3: Yeah, I I had the same question I too. Girl. I thought, okay, is this in the, in the same world as Astro Boy? Because I kept watching this trailer, or- and I was
0: like, oh, I kept watching this trailer, and I was like, "Where is Astro Boy?" <laughs>
2: it's an entirely new interpretation of the Astro Boy lore. Yeah, but yeah. um, cool. these are incredible anime creators behind this. Um, it looks awesome. This is one
1: of those projects that's been in the works for like five years too. Like the the animation is crisp. It looks so good. I am. It does uh, look good, and it's Netflix. I'm like, all right, Netflix, you can't do shit like this. All right, baby,
2: okay. Yeah. Marty's lo- looking at it right now. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's I love. Gorgeous. He's got like, his
1: gun hands and his feet, right. and he's
4: got a he's got a trench coat on. Love it.
2: Yeah, and
1: it, just it, like it,
4: w- when the tube was kind of like sliding, or when he was fighting like the ant machine. It yeah. like,
3: it's gorgeous, wow. gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Netflix, if you if this does really, really well for you guys, can you please remake Cyborg 09, please, and thank
0: you. Oh. Ronin Warriors, call me. All right. Nobody knows Speech. that show. Um, all right. Yeah, it looks really cool. Cool. That's what I wanted to say. I think this looks really cool. I want to see this. Um Creed 3, speaking of anime. God damn. Speaking of great
1: trailers, this was yeah. a week of great trailers, man.
0: This trailer yeah, that Oppenheimer trailer
3: a <laughs> Mag Grayson, we we do see you guys in the chat about it possible about that trailer. Maybe did you just go see the IMAX, Brandon?
0: No. Oh shit. You gotta oh, Mag, Mag knows Ronan Warriors. Hell yeah. Oh, you know me? There you go. Look at that. There go. Recognize. There you go. Love it. There you go.
1: Uh I've only seen Creed 1. I am absolutely going to see Creed 2 now cuz I need to rectify because not only uh, does this look incredible, it's Michael B Jordan directing. Uh it's it's the the probably the the hot, like the biggest star rise of right now with Jonathan Majors. Yep. Um looking more jacked than I've seen a human being be in a, in any movie. Um man, he was doing Creed stuff and Ant-Man stuff at the same time. He's like, "Yeah, I'm working out for this and I'm then the next
2: the next hour I'm working out for this." And I'm like, "Slow down." Eat a, eat a yeah. cupcake. Save some protein for the rest of us. Yeah, come on. none chicken. chickens.
0: Did you ever see uh, the video where it was like, first what I do when I make a milkshake is I add some protein, and then I add a banana, and then I add some protein.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. You got to work all that off. Uh, this trailer... Uh, it's incredible. Michael B. Jordan's got a gift. He like he said it in many interviews, but like there is definitely an anime influence happening in this, best, definitely in the fight scenes. He uh, got some slow motion shots, and I'm like, I've seen that
0: before. Man. He, and he, that spe- he says he said specifically, like I don't want to give too much. He, like he's like I don't want to give too much away, but there's a punch in Dragon Ball that we use. And it's, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's the punch. It's the gut punch that you see a lot in Dragon Ball. It's like, and you see that in this trailer. Like you see him. You see John and slow motion
1: punch. And everything. Absolutely. And like the the I. Like the the parallels of the entire movie is going to be about like this guy who had it all and this guy who didn't get that chance and there's so many mirror shots of them doing like similar things at different times and I'm like man this movie is just going to rock my world it's going to be so good I'm so I'm so excited to to see it to revisit the Creed franchise uh because again there's there's a whole great movie I haven't seen yet so like hell yeah uh, it's
0: really which... rare when you get to sorry Ben go ahead I
3: was going to say which one of you has these movies on Blu-ray I have them on DVD i uh, can I borrow them sure. I kind on of want to watching this trailer look
1: at all these streaming services on my they got to be on one of them
3: watching watching this trailer makes me really want to watch these movies now cuz I like cuz like the second you st- the opening shot of the trailer where it's obviously the final fight at Dodger Stadium it seemed like okay half me I need to see these movies now oh, so you got to see it now cuz the Dodger Stadium no no not because <laughs> of Dodger Stadium but yeah, as weird. you were saying like the the fight like the worst like you guys ever <laughs>
0: Ben, real quickly, the, the Creed movies are available on TNT's streaming service. <laughs> wow, my
3: 47th favorite streaming service.
0: Well, um F that. <laughs> I I really like the Creed movies. I really like boxing. Boxing movies are my favorite sports movies. Um, I think they're always really excellent. Um, I really like the Creed movies. The first one is fantastic, the second one is great. Like it's incredible. It's weird, it's it's so rare to get like three movies in a franchise directed by three different people and all three of them be really good yeah um and i think that that's what the creed movies are and i'm really excited for this third one i i i adore adore the rocky franchise and so the creed the creed rocky franchise i'm happy with this one
1: adrian hell
0: yeah yeah i'm excited for this one a lot john wick chapter four
1: talk about good trailers god uh john wick chapter three Worst of the franchise, still a pretty good action movie. If that were the first in the franchise, people would say, be, damn, that's a that's one of the best action movies ever made. Uh, this movie looks infinitely better than the last one. I think everything that they got going on in this movie, also, it's like three hours long, and I, that, I can't believe that. It makes me so happy. There's going to be so much action. There's so many new stars. There's so much action. There's so many more stunts. There's a great behind-the-scenes uh, featurette. Uh, about the making of this movie, it's like three minutes long, but it just goes into more stunt making and how John Wick or Keanu Reeves is just like, yeah, we just want to keep this like really messing me up, and I'm all about it. And I'm like, I am too, Keanu. Please fall more. Um, <laughs> he's got he's getting a new dog. Ooh, ooh, his love is in the air. Uh, I'm all about it. Uh, Bill Skarsgård is the villain. Ten out of ten.
0: The uh, Arc de Triomphe, right? That's the Area they were in in France with the, yes. with the roundabout. They circle uh, and he's, got, he's doing like gun in his car and stuff. And he's like, like, people, like, people are hitting the car, people are hitting the cars and he's shooting. Okay.
1: Yeah. People are getting hit by cars. They are flipping in the air and he's shooting them as they land. It's it's just like, that's why I go to the movies. It's like, he already <laughs> got hit, John. Give him a break. <laughs>
0: it's uh, nonsense. I really, obviously, we all really like the John Wick films. Ben, you've seen them all. Yes. Got three. That's right, you it's, missed that yeah, review. Yeah, yeah. It's still good. It's still a good
4: movie.
3: Um I've seen two. I've seen one and two. I haven't seen three. Two.
0: Two's
4: goat. It's
3: the goat. Well, stay two, tuned two. because
0: there's a there's a fifth secret franchise that we're not going yeah. through this that that we're going through this year that you don't know about. And it's and we can reveal it now exclusively. It's John Wick. it would be such a waste. Yeah. <laughs> Sparse just no. All no, right. There's
2: far more important things to be doing with Ben's time right now.
0: It's true. Um, Mag says more curious of Clancy Brown in the new movie. Yeah, he seems like kind of like this arbiter character for um for the high table. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, all the new cast members. Scott Atkins. That's that's yeah. the, that's the... dude. That dude is awesome. He is a big
1: like martial arts dude. So like I'm really and he's also like in a like a like a like a fat suit. It looks like and like that dude's gonna like he's gonna beat Keanu Reeves up. That dude's huge.
0: Yeah uh grayson says i don't know how they're doing it but these john wick movies have been so much fun to watch and this trailer looks so great yes exactly
1: again even the worst john wick movie is still better than a lot of other action movies like it's just they they they're always at 11
0: that's true all right shall we do it shall we review We are now going to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So full spoilers for Ant-Man and the Wasp, the third Ant-Man film, the however many MCU film, and I lost count. Um, uh, the divisive Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. if you if you listen to the online chat, but we're not here to talk about the online reaction to the film. We're talking about our reactions to the film. So what do we think about Ant-Man? Once again, spoilers, Ben. I liked it. Okay, right. And we'll
3: get into it later. What do you think, Marty?
4: uh i mean it was a lot of fun and that's not the script <laughs> <laughs> he was gonna say a thing no no i mean it was a lot of fun and there's a lot i don't like about it
0: right
1: yeah i uh uh i like it. I, w- I wish i can love it but i'm i'm certainly not as negative as as a lot of other people um i always try to come with things hat like you know glass half full and i there's a lot to love about this movie but uh as a big, as we all are big Ant-Man fan, uh, it just doesn't have as much heart as 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 it needed. And that's my biggest problem with it, to be honest. Sparks.
2: I had a really good time. And I usually don't agree with the statements where people say like, this thing's just here to set up X. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I feel like a decent chunk of this movie's plot is just there to set up X rather than tell its own story. Mm -hmm. And that... Is a bummer. And we'll get into it,
0: but let's get into it um, real quickly. Wait, what did I, you think? I was about to say.
2: Oh great! <laughs> um,
0: I uh, I loved it. So let's get into it, Sparks, because what you started. You loved thing. it. You loved it. I did. Okay, that's
1: awesome. That's great. That's fa- God, I, I'm so happy. At least one of us. I, does. I can't.
2: I can't gauge where you're gonna land off your letterbox ratings anymore because I'm like, I gave it an eight. You gave it an eight. I was like, I loved it. We're coming out swinging with loved it. I thought like had a good time. Like, what? all right. right. Anyway, I mean,
0: it's both. I had a good time right and I
2: loved it. I loved things in it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go. What? What? What thing? I'll tell you what. Uh, the everything before we get to the quantum realm. I'm like, hell yeah, baby. Ant Man's back. The first 20 minutes, you know, Cassie's going to jail just like her old man. Oh, Cassie, come on. You're not there, Dad. She's hanging out with the, with the Gramps and the Grandma. Like, they're having fun. I love that. I love the interactions. Um, we get to the Quantum Realm. I'm like, cool, this kind of feels like Star Wars. A little dark. Can't really see some stuff. That's fine. I'll probably get used to it. Never gets any better. Spoiler alert. Um, I love Kang. I love Scott. I kind of... And this makes me sad. Didn't love Catherine Newton. And that, and I thought she was totally fine. She yells dad a lot. And it kind of sounds bad half the time. Um, is Hope even in this movie? Is is the Wasp in this movie at all? This should have been called Ant-Man and Stature Quantamania, if I'm being honest, because Hope's not in this movie. Boy, Michael Douglas, that dude just took an edible. And he's like, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> um, he's awesome in this movie, because he's just chilling out, hanging out with ants, being goofy. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, I'm like, yeah. No no words
2: for your queen, Michelle Pfeiffer.
1: She's great. She's, she's, yeah. she's I, she's, I wanted more her and Kang together, but that's because I just think they have, they have good at chemistry together. Sure. Um, Thank you for, I, I, there's a lot of characters in this movie. There are. Don't forget about Neb and Natara and
4: Zefoy and Glip Glop. Glip Glop. Is, is
2: that the blob guy that wants holes? He, I do. That's like, Neb. Yeah. Oh, is that Neb? Oh Neb. my God. Voiced, voiced by das Mal- David Dasmalchin the Baba who, Yaga man as mag pointed out uh cuz yeah he's the baba yaga guy from Ant-Man and the wasp um uh, i'll I, i'll go <laughs> um, home. I, home. I i i kind of am more positive than ryan but um not not too different i think catherine newton's pretty good as cassie i think the problem is that this movie's not really about her relationship with scott and like, I wish it was. It feels like it wanted to be. But I thought it was, was going giving be. up time to be about other things, and this movie is half a movie about Kang, and then half a movie about and all the other Ant Man stuff. And I wish it was a movie that was mostly about Ant Man stuff and then a little bit about Kang, um, and that's general overall thing i kind i i have to agree with ryan about the hope thing i i the the longer i sat on it the more i was like hope went with the wrong party hope should have been with scott and cassie because i think that there's a lot more relationship dynamic to mine there we haven't seen them functionally like be deep in their relationship together we haven't seen her as like the person who gave cassie a suit behind scott's back and can like kind of play the third person uh refereeing them working on their relationship still having the five-year blip amongst them and how they're finding their way with each other and where those gaps are and that kind of thing. And like, there's a lot more I think that could have been done there for Hope. And Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer could have just run with all the same stuff and done more, just the two of them. Like Hope didn't add anything by being with them. And like, um, they're- oh, go ahead, man.
3: Now, one of my biggest complaints or one of the things that i just like kind of it didn't take me out of the movie but one thing is why i was like just really like uh oh, that didn't feel earned was hope and scott saying i love you at the end of the movie now the oh, yeah. reason why it didn't feel earned is because i mean i get that i get that they, they've been through a whole bunch of crap together they were on the avengers and they they are this new unit like um, Cassie obviously sees Hope as a kind of stepmom, a uh, parental figure, because she has her her dad, her mom and stepdad, and now she has her dad and Hope. Sorry, like she calls. Back. Okay, and she like she calls Hank grandpa for God's sakes. But that's cute. I I definitely agree with Sparks at the end that Hope should have been with Scott, so then they can see, hey, this is what's going on. Like there was maybe not a. Um maybe like some sort of plot thread like some little problem that these that they two that these two need to go through together so they could reach that part of their relationship i i don't know um it, well, it just well, felt like
2: I, it, I i'll push back a little bit because like i don't think that i love you needed to be earned they've been together for at least a year and a half uh post end game they mm-hmm. kissed at the end like, of their first movie. Th- it'd be weird if this yeah. was the first time they said i love you so i don't think that moment needed to be earned but i do think there was more interesting relationship stuff, stuff to see if they were together it didn't even need to be yep. a moment that's the thing yeah it's
4: like
3: yeah
4: yeah sure they love each other we know that we've seen it they're responding and stuff like that but it was like this mm-hmm. pause-esque moment yeah. that the audience didn't need to see because or even in their storyline, that's not what they were struggling on. That's not what they were going through. They
1: were totally happy. It looked like, yeah. So like that, I love you. Is like, of
4: course
2: they do. Like, why do we? They did focus on
1: it. Like for a a weird Mm -hmm. reason.
2: I think, I think partially because like, they just haven't said it in front of us. Sure. And like, that's fine. But I know they love each other. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I all agree. Right. I think I, I think the clear visualization that that's true is when all the Scots, which I actually really love this moment, all the Scots and all the Hopes that's my favorite. come together and oh, grab God, onto each other really and all their probabilities collapse into one and I'm like talk about like, that tells me they love each other. Like, I get it right yeah. there. Like is... You don't need to tell me. But just get rid
4: of that one really. guy that's in pink.
2: <laughs> oh, the basketball guy? <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, let's talk. We
1: can talk about the probability scene. I was worried that that scene was just going to be like nonsense for nonsense sake. But like Seeing it being a probability field uh, uh, and seeing them become ants and like how grim it seems like that's that's a really good that's a really cool scene. And especially when Wash finally shows up I'm like, oh, you are in this movie. Thank God. And like if the probability sounds happen. I'm like, man, this was a great visual. This is some cool ass shit. Yeah, I loved it. That was
2: great.
3: Yeah, the probability scene was. I I also loved it. I just love how like the constant duplication of the constant probabilities. I thought that was really good. Um, like whenever someone gets big and they just like, turn into string cheese, I was like, oh no, that's so sad. Uh, but yeah, I think I I think I feel more how Marty feels about like how we didn't really need to see that thing at the end because obviously we know that they have feelings for each other with each other. But that was one of the, the things about the movie that I was just. It was more of more of a me thing. I was like, yeah, I don't really like that moment. I mean, other moments in the movie that I really did enjoy, like Grayson earlier in the chat talked about. Darren, don't be a dick. Hmm. Oh, we'll get to Monoc. Yeah, oh, we'll get to we'll get to goodness, we'll get to But really, there I actually liked Cassie. I liked her quite a bit. She oddly enough, when I was watching her, it reminded me. This is probably because we most recently read the book. Was it was I saw the Cassie in the comic book that we just read, uh, Hot World Hive.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: i felt like that was the type of cassie i saw on screen and i was for it i was like yeah this feels like cassie grown up five years she's gonna be stinger or she's stature now and i guess where i was i was missing more of cassie interacting with scott and hope and not just scott
2: sure well i think like and they're just amongst the three of them i think there was a way to create like a character ant-man family arc that's just not really here? Yeah. Um it's not happening and that's, and that's that's the main thing that I'm just like I I don't know why this isn't here because it's it's somewhere in there where I'm like we're just not getting the the character movement of Ant-Man that I'm used to from the other two Ant-Man films. And it it doesn't And again,
1: it didn't it didn't need to feel exactly like Ant-Man 1 and 2 cuz no. they're trying to do a big sci-fi movie. Sure. But I just watching this, it didn't it didn't have the same like sincerity or heart as those other movies did. And again, it's like it's not trying to be that, but like that's why I like the Ant-Man movies. And like there's not enough like great family stuff. Uh uh, there's some really cool sci-fi stuff for sure, but like I mean, like I guess Ant Man, like Ant Man being like Kang being Ant-Man's like like big villain is is really interesting and having like and that is maybe what I'm rubbing up against. And like, man, did Ant Man need to fight Kang? <laughs> Like it's, it's cause like, I don't have, I don't have this problem, but people are like, okay, so Kang got his ass beat by Ant-Man. Why should we be afraid of some of the Avengers? I'm like,
2: well, did you see there's a thousand other, other of them? Like give give them some credit. There's a lot of them. <laughs> uh, just because you brought that note, like I, I do think to me trying to think about like the film, the major general MCU audience, to me, you don't have to sell me on Kang. I know what Kang's about. Sure. But yeah. I think they do a lot of talking about, how badass Ken is and like what Ken a and all this. And I'm like, not that I wanted a cameo show, but when Janet sees the flashes of his life, how come we didn't see like some costumed Avengers bodies, even if we're not seeing the act. A broken shield. Yeah. Just like some, something kind of age of Ultron ish with Tony's like flash forward in, in, even in glimpses just to give us like, Oh, he's like killed people we care about just to like really visually show to a film audience that we just see him like blasting. I don't know. I don't know that's that's part of the i don't know uh yeah that 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 kind of felt a little hollow for me like for like trying to impress upon an audience what Kang is
4: sure yeah Oh uh, a man that was, that was such a good scene though when she like touches it and he's like i'm just trying to help you like, yeah i just want to get you home
1: yeah and i believe um and I believe that Kang does like really like her. And like he does, they do have a bond. They do have really good chemistry together. Um, and he is like, yeah, I'm going to go be a bad guy, but I will get you home. Like that's, that's still a deal between us homies. Uh, and, but, you said, know, Janet and, has-
3: and when she answered, when she asks him how many worlds will die, he goes, not yours. Yeah, isn't that look that's isn't that this a nice what a nice guy Kang is. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to commit genocide on countless planets, but yours is gonna be safe. I will make sure I won't touch yours. Yours is fine.
2: I what I something I do like about the way they write <clears throat> Kang in this a lot is this sense of he's constantly throwing out I want you to remember that this is your fault. Yes. I want you to remember that this this isn't on me, this is on you. You made a choice and this is what happens because of the choice. <laughs> Rather than yes. taking any like you know personally it's it's all like oh you're making me you're making me yes, do this as you're getting
1: punched in the face why are you making me punch you yeah 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 100 uh, uh yeah jonathan major's rules like i wasn't worried like he is he is probably like the coolest like the best part of the movie even if him being in the movie is interesting an interesting place and uh, brandon why don't you uh, share some thoughts we've got we shared plenty of positive thoughts why don't you share a couple
0: um to answer grayson's comment i've been for whatever reason, since started the review, I've been having this really terrible cough. Mm. <clears throat> I don't know what's going Lyra. on, but I'll I'll try to get through some things because I, I, I have a lot of thoughts about what you guys are saying. I want to hear them. Um uh one of the things you guys talked about talked about Kang um uh destroying those timelines. Um, I agree, Sparks. I think that's 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 a really good point. That it, it would be better to have seen someone that were, not even like Chris Evans, but like the Captain America shield, as Ryan said, or like the Iron Man helmet, or you know something to acknowledge that we, because he says in the movie, "Have I killed you yet? Are you the one with the hammer?" He knows these Avengers, he knows who they are, but we never really we don't we get a flashback that could be the point of showing that moment, but we don't we don't see it. We're just told it.
2: Right. How easy would it have been to see like Iron Man and Hulk both getting wiped out by one of his blasts or something? Yeah. Like they're all they're all just visually recreated. Like it wouldn't have taken much. Just do the do the Spider-Man No Way Home
1: and just reuse footage from another movie. Like you don't even have to do new footage. Just like show an image of the Hulk getting beat from an endgame or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And 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 the other thing is I wanted to mention um I really like Jonathan Majors. I think that, that that's unanimous. Everybody does. Um, yeah. he, he, has a, he has an interesting motivation in this movie that I think is like the opposite of He Who Remains. Um, so I kind of find it interesting that we've seen two Kangs at this point, He Who Remains and Kang. And um, uh, they both have the same end goal, and uh, end goal, but for a different reason. Um, yes. This Kang wants to destroy all the timelines to rule them all. The He Who Remains wanted to, dest- wanted to destroy all the other timelines so that there's no evil Kangs.
1: Right, he was, uh, I that was technically cool. like the best of them. He's like, I know how bad I am, and like, technically, what I'm doing is like killing trillions of other universes, but I promise you, it's better than what is out there. I promise you, I'm awful. Yeah. I am awful. I promise. And yeah, <laughs> <he> is <laughs> all of them are,
0: yeah. Um, you yeah, get uh, the I so I like Jonathan Matrix, like, uh, he was I really like how committed he is to the role. Um, and we'll talk about the post credits that just floored me because yeah, yeah. I for great sure great stuff, but um. I think that, uh, you guys talked about Cassie. I wholeheartedly disagree with the two of you, Ryan and Sparks. I'm sorry. Um, I really liked Catherine Newton as Cassie Lang. I thought she was delightful. Um, I, I was, I'm the only one who did I like said it. I
2: liked Catherine Newton as nah. Cassie. He all, I, with me. All, all I said was that I just thought that she needed more of an arc in the movie. Yeah.
0: Sure. Um, I don't even know if I agree with that, though. Um, I, I, I really thought she was delightful, and I, I, I really can't wait to see her again. Um, she has uh, such, I, I think, such good chemistry with um, with Paul Rudd. But something that you would said rung true for me more than anything, which was hope. And I apologize for just going backwards through your points. No,
2: it's fine. It's fine. You were coughing a lot. It's okay.
0: Yeah. As uh, hope, um, hope is there. She is there. I, I. There's a lot of there's a lot of talk about her her appearance uh, or her arc or her character development in Ant-Man and the Wasp movie that i greatly enjoy um mm-hmm. i don't know if i agree with a lot of what is what is said about hope in and the Lost, and the but i found i found at least Evangelia lily was more committed than she was in this movie and perhaps she was just kind of bored with the script uh she knew that she wasn't being given a lot and it shows mm-hmm. um and so so she's the she's honestly i think the only weak point for me is hope um at least any major one that would that would negate my feelings towards this movie but yeah i re- I, I've been sitting with this for a couple of days, and I'm like, I think I, I think I love this. I just, I just can't believe
1: that it's called Ant-Man and the Wasp, and the Wasp is barely in the movie. Like, I and, honestly, I really think this should have been called Ant-Man and Stature. Like, do the naming conventions because this movie's more about him and his daughter, even though it should have been more about.
2: It's, that. it's it just feels so glaring to me that, like, much to the point that you're saying, Brandon, which is just like, I, I think she is the weakest thing of the movie by the virtue of like them just not doing anything with her. Mm-hmm. Like, she just. Hank and Janet's like side story, like not even side story, but their alternate story. You you got your two stories. Like it's good in Frank, maybe even in fact, maybe even better without hope there. Um, Like it's already great. They're killing it. I loved watching Hank and Janet. I, 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 I loved watching them so much. And I'm like, hope unfortunately is just not adding anything the only thing she's adding is this like upsetness that her mom is not sharing anything with her and they just hit that beat with her over and over and over again and i'm like hope would have had so much more to add by being the intermediary between the rift happening between scott and cassie and i think they just could have made that a little more accentuated and even made like a small amount i didn't want a whole lot of drama around it but a small amount of scott being like you gave her a suit behind my back kind of thing. And like, you know, all these different levels of like, Scott, you have been doing just like what we're introducing in the movie. Like in the beginning, you've been doing the book tour. You've been focused on these other things. You're not paying attention. Um, And all of that just be the dynamic. The the idea of like, just, she serves so much better of a purpose, even if she's not doing a lot more in the story necessarily by being in the same position as Cassie threatened by Kang and then coming in and helping Scott the same way again, like, one of my favorite visuals in the film is her and Scott reaching for each other mm. and the probabilities collapsing. Would work even more if she was part of the scenes with Scott before that.
0: Yep. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I um, the, uh, real quickly, Ryan, about the probability thing. Um, <clears throat> I also really like that scene. I thought that was a really cool visual. And I think that scene is the only reason why they're split because it's important that they come together, um, at that moment. And, you know, that's fine. Still yeah. wish you there done... was. So so was there was, was, was more done with her, but I wanted to highlight a moment in that probability scene, which that which I really like, which is when cat they hear Cassie, all the scots hear Cassie on the intercom, and they all uniformed like, "Oh, this is Cassie! Get him up there! Let's go! Come on!" They're all it's working awesome. together to help that. Cassie, that
2: right? Which is why it would have been really good because you have Cassie up there and that motivation thing that brings them all together and unites them. And again, like you could have just had Wasp up there as well, and she comes down to help Scott. And, like, she could have just jumped into the probability, probability field from there rather than coming from, like, the, the Hank and Janet side of the story. Mm-hmm. And you get both of those things right there. Who are the most important people to Scott? Cassie and Hope. That's it. Like, it's all right there. I just. And all, this, all <laughs> the stuff with Hank and Janet was so fun. And I'm talking about, like,
1: oh, you know, we you were gone for 30 years. Like, we both had lovers. And they don't make a big deal out of it. But Hope is just there to, like, be a downer. you yeah. be like, why did you hide this from me, Mom? Like just, I can't believe, how, like they do that like three times in a row. I'm like, just I get it.
2: Let, just, let the parents have fun. Just real fast. I, I want to say like, I found it so refreshing how briskly they moved through like Hank and Janet talking about relationships in the time they were separated. She's banging Bill Murray. I, he's I'm like, yeah, hey, I get it. <laughs> I'm glad it was not that big of a deal. It wasn't some big derailment. They didn't yeah. turn it into Hank having like a dumb, jealous, fit rage that like for yeah, half the movie. H- Hank
1: in this movie, like, his like rough edges are completely sanded. He is a totally fun, chill dude who like he's like, oh yeah, these ants from a thousand years in the future came to help us. I love it. I love ants. <laughs> you read, you read my book. Every goddamn word. That's so good. he's he's like the secret MVP. Like because Michael I, Douglas finally gets to have like just just be fun. Like more of the Ant Man two version. Just more of that. I love it.
3: I loved Michael Douglas throughout this entire movie.
0: I have There's no negative. There's a line literally, literally, any negatives I could have about this movie are never lobbied at Michael Douglas. Um never. but like he he has the, he has a moment where he's where he's like talking the science. Like he was always theorized that there'd be people down here. Look at all these people, and holy shit, that guy looks like a piece of broccoli. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> that I was, really like that.
3: On, on our walk to the car, that was like Fanny's favorite line. When we were
0: on like, hand. holy shit, that guy looks like broccoli. Uh, I say,
3: Ma- Michael Douglas one... has a
0: lot of funny lines that I just I, I love this does
1: yeah. feel like a Rick and Morty episode. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a negative, but this being Jeff Luthnes, who wrote who wrote a bunch of Rick and Morty, he also is a comic writer, but like Rick and Morty get transported to an alternate dimension and they meet goo people. And I'm like, I've seen
2: this episode. I, I will yeah. say most specifically in the probability scene, the Baskin Robbins scott yeah that felt like a rick and morty <laughs> gang yeah like it was funny it's, yeah at first and then like it got in I, the way he shows of up, the seriousness like, two more, he shows up two more times and i'm like this feels like rick and morty you this it, feels bro. like we're hitting the joke more times like than the, we should
1: again like i these are things i find funny like the the don't be dick stuff with modok which we'll get to modok who i love yeah. uh uh, that like all like the holes thing really felt like Rick and Morty, but again, I I think that's really funny. I think Jeff Loveness... God, is a, that was a
2: great joke.
1: I think Jeff Loveness is a really funny writer. Um, I'm curious about him, like writing big movie scripts like this, because um, if he's like, because like Michael Waldron, who did Multiverse of Madness, is writing one of the Secret Wars or Secret King Wars, D- Secret Wars, yeah, and then like and then King Dynasty. He's doing is King ball. Dynasty. Loveness is writing King Dynasty. Yeah, so like
2: he's got I, a good voice for
1: King. he's got a good voice i'm i'm wondering if it's more the director like i'm wondering like what what if it's a writer or the director that just made me not totally love this movie because like i also think honestly visually i don't i never have this problem i think this movie's really dark i don't think like i know they wanted a different aesthetic from like guardians of the galaxy you're doing like a different type of star wars thing but like it feels like they filmed half the shit in the closet sometimes
0: i just not i didn't i i feel I that way often it. but i didn't feel that way in this film
1: yeah. yeah. I I it's like there's a certain shot, like specifically, like like people are talking and it's like there's no lighting here. There's, there's no lighting here. And it's not a big yeah. it's not like a big deal,
2: but it's like I, I really noticed it. Like it's not vibrant like I thought I, the movie would be. I will say that that the the section of it that got to me in that regard is the some of some of the early flashback stuff with Janet and okay, um yeah. Kang. Yeah before before they get closer to fixing the chair it's very dark there and I feel like a lot of it is to hide some of the de-aging effect on Michelle Pfeiffer mm. and I get it but like it was very dark to the point where I'm like you need some you need some reflective lighting here like this is just this is darker than it needs to be. It's not the
1: whole movie but it's definitely like I can tell you, like, this was not this I mean this is the most of this is film on green screen volume stuff so like you know yeah. lighting is, is what it
0: the, is. There's only a couple this is actually one of the uh, few times re- that i can remember recently of someone utilizing the volume well because i think there's i think the opening flashback that sparks talks about uh is the is kind of the biggest event for two for two reasons one which is what, what ryan is talking about which is the lighting issue which i do think is a problem in that scene specifically um but also this is the only time where i felt the volume. And I didn't feel that way in the other times where the volume was clearly present, and I, I was really impressed by that because I felt it a lot in Thor: Love and Thunder, and I feel mm-hmm. it a lot in Mandalorian and Obi Wan. Um, so like it, it 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 has happened before, and I thought Peyton Reed used the volume in a really interesting way for this for this one. Yeah, uh, I would say
1: like ninety five percent of the time it works. Like there there are definitely a few shots where I'm like. It just looks like you're on a green screen, and there's only mm-hmm. so much you can do when you're doing something like a movie like this. And like, you're all muted colors on a muted background, <laughs> like with not a lot of lighting. Like, it's all gonna kind of blend together after a while.
2: Uh, just while we're talking about the opening, did it strike anybody else as a little odd? Maybe I'm just a freak. Um, super freak. I, I think about editing, so it's not surprising, but like, wasn't it weird that we had the Marvel Studios intro, the flashback, then to Modern Day with Scott? I'm like, why didn't we do that tiny, tiny flashback, then the intro? then the modern day with Scott. That's usually <laughs> what we do with these Marvel movies. And I would get it if the scene were longer, but it's only like a minute. Oh, that's true. That yeah. we're with Janet and Kang. And I'm like, why wasn't that the opening of the movie? That is interesting. I didn't I think, think about, about it. That. It is weird. I mean, I'm a weirdo and I think about things no, like but that. But is- but like, <laughs> but it's not consistent with what they always do. Which it is... totally felt weird. Like yeah. Once we got out of the intro, I thought, oh, we're going to be in this Kang and Janet scene for a bit then. Yeah, and yeah. then we weren't. And then we jumped to modern day and I'm like, why wasn't Kang's last line of like, what is this place? And then Marvel Studios intro into the music, the happy music with Scott's narration, that the order, that felt so jarring.
1: Maybe, I don't think it's a good choice, but maybe it was to be jarring because it goes like from black to, it's me, I'm Scott. But like that's not—it didn't work. I, I
4: don't think that's land. a good choice. If that was the intention it yeah. did land. I think it's to lighten the mood. It's to make it funny. Like I think a lot of like the jokes in this just ruin the pacing of the the story. Sure, that's that. Like, yeah, yeah, and I feel like they replaced a lot of the jokes to create uh, or replaced a lot of the story with jokes, and it just like it breaks up moments, and like that would be one of those. Is like this, hey. Da, da 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 and it's like but you just created this like kind of dark like
2: setup and so that right, just because happened like, because yeah. like when you put it if you put it before the marvel studios intro we're spending too much time on this but if you put it before <laughs> the marvel studios intro and king says that that's really for the audience that already knows him from loki right then it's supposed to be like oh what's this marvel studios intro you're invested yeah prologue okay scott lang it is, um, it is, that's interesting yeah, me yeah. I thought it was a bad cut. Can we talk about our big face boy, Modok? Darren Cross. He's not a dick. I love him. died an Avenger. I love him so much, and I think this is so funny because I know Marty doesn't.
1: That's fair. Really? Here's the thing: Modok is <laughs> he's not a character that any like. He he's he's a he's a big face man. That's as much as you need to know. He had a TV show that people really like. There's a lot of great miniseries, but like Modok is a dumb villain, mm. right? Um, if you don't like him, that's fair. People think he's gross. Some people don't think he's gross enough. Like the the opinions on Modok are all over the place. It's really my funny. Wife, my
2: wife didn't like looking at him. Yeah, yeah
1: imagine. If yeah, people want him uglier, like the comics. And I'm like, is he not ugly enough? What are you talking about? He's a big face man. Sorry,
2: Corey Stone. Sorry. Listen, that, that dude's <laughs> handsome.
0: I think, I think it's inspired that it was Darren Cross as Modok. Me too. Yeah. Honestly, um, it created a really fun villain, in my opinion, for Cassie to deal with. Um, this kind of like personal villain that traumatized her when she was younger. Yeah. Um, and then confronting her, I, I really liked Modoc in this movie, and I and I, 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 I thought he was a lot of fun. I, I thought he was very funny. Um, I, I think he looks so, so uncomfortable, and he, as he should, in my opinion, I think Modoc should look that uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Uh, he, he. He's exactly who it, if I had one complaint and it's not even a big like I it doesn't bother me. Like I wish he survived, but we live in a multiverse where I bet Kang has a Modoc in every universe. Because why wouldn't you? Also, like Modoc isn't Corey starr uh uh Darren Cross. So like there could be at
2: the real MODOK still
1: in our world. Like, you know, all this is pull a mandarin.
2: Pull mandarin, sure. Yeah. Uh I I really like the idea. I think it's so smart to, for it to have been Darren Cross because of the way he died—that like collapsing in on himself. The idea that he collapsed completely into like into the helmet, into the head, and yeah. and with the, the tiny limbs. I was like, this you tiny know booty. What? This makes more sense than most explanations you could make for why Modoc looks like Modoc. So like, I'm into it. This yeah. works for me. Yeah. Um. And I liked it being a personal history for Scott and Cassie and and all that. Like the full circle of it lands uh i i think my only thing about it is that i kind of wish modok were more of the prominent not necessarily antagonist but like more prominent Mm -hmm. as uh as an adversary to the ant-man family in this film and kang were a little bit more of a backseat outside of with janet so that this movie doesn't feel so absolutely like it's forcing kang down your throat what
1: if i told you sparks witty that that was the original plan
2: I mean, I'm sure that's
1: true. Modok was the original big bad, and Kane was kind of like the mastermind trying to get out from the the, the Wizard of Oz. Um, and they were like, "What if we made it a big Avengers movie?" And I'm like, "Okay." Uh, Kane's still cool. Like, I'm. I love song I dude. love
2: Modok's tiny booty.
1: God, I can't believe we saw his little butt. So, <laughs> what? A, what a stupid! I I truly cannot believe we are we are 31 movies and 40 pro, whatever it is, and we, we we got big head Modok. I can't believe it. And there are people online who are like, he's not perfect like the
0: comics. So I'm like, shut
1: your mouth. Who cares? I think cares? we get,
0: I've, I've ta- I'm have i sure I've talked about this before, and I hope I don't throw us into a rabbit hole, but I think we get a, a prominent butt shot in every phase, at least one. Sure. Um, two of them have been Thor. Uh, one in Thor and one in Thor Love and Thunder. Ragnarok has the Hulk's butt this one has modox but i'm trying to remember any more butt shots i probably shouldn't it's weird it's all you need to know but uh anyway. yeah no i like i like
4: the setup i like him being there all the reasons why he's there that's great but like and they make him sound like he's gonna be this super scary thing yeah the hunter oh no the hunter the hunter's terrible and then the hunter's a joke and it's like why why are you guys afraid of this joke he's a joke yeah there's That's so nothing interesting funny about him a 16 year old girl who doesn't know how to fight can beat him well, like there's nothing that like did you because was, the, the point like
1: i oh go ahead no so i'm curious because like he is a joke the point is he is a joke but, like like it, the point that that a 16 year old girl can kick his ass is like like yeah because he's a big face he's
4: dumb but then everybody else who's afraid of him, who has lost—oh,
1: sure, okay, sure, sure—they sure.
4: are all now jokes too. I'll tell you what. Here, here's, mm.
1: here's my my bullshit reasoning: is he wears a mask the whole time, so sure. so the the quantum realm people don't know he's Darren Cross. He has. He can probably kill regular people that aren't superheroes pretty easily with his laser beams and like attacks and whatever and, and buzz saws.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh so Scott and, and Cassie know he's a joke because they know who Darren Cross is and they know he's turned into this thing. So I think everybody else doesn't know he's a joke.
4: But the yellow jacket wasn't a joke either. Like when he was the yellow jacket, mm-hmm. he was frightening. It's true. That was some creepy ass stuff. That's true. Yep. Yeah. So like now all of a sudden he's just and I like I get that Modoc is like He's kind of funny. Yeah, it's kind of like silly. I get that, but like how they set him up, and then what they did with him sure. is that he was just a gag. Yeah, and that's all it was.
1: He is he is more of a gag than a character, and I that, that is I will give like people who are mad about like he's just a one note villain. Like I will give you credit. Like there could have been a more compelling version of Modoc in this movie. But like, he's not a character I'm going to go up the bat for like I would like a Taskmaster, to be honest. Like, he's not a, he's not like a Black Panther villain. He's a dude with a big head. Like, you want to you want pathos, Modok. Watch the Patton Oswald show. You know what I mean? Like, mostly in the comics, he's a big asshole. Well,
2: but
0: that's even that's in the Patton Oswald, even the Patton Oswalt show is the point is that he's also a joke in that. Yeah,
2: yeah, and he's like so. he's trying to get taken seriously but and I, stuff. But I get what Marty means because it's like he's not introduced that way, and certainly not from the perspective of like. This is more a problem with me than I have with, like, the Quantum Realm people that you're referring to. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I think they're just kind of distracting. Yeah. I get having them. I get having, like, Kang has to have someone to conquer. Yes. And, like, but I'm, I'm like, we're spending time with with these characters, but we're not investing in these characters. Like, I didn't mind the initial setup of them, but, like, the fact that we come back to them for the Rebellion and give a lot of time to them, I'm like, this is time that you go going have We characters. spend a lot of time. We're just not spending it like yeah the only thing i found truly valuable is like cassie freeing the girl because i'm like this makes sense because cassie can't just like go start all this on her own yeah Mm -hmm. but then that we're cutting away so Mm -hmm. often to like you know talented actors who i really like like uh the actor who plays Cheaty on the good place and stuff like that but it's not like they have a lot to do in a lot of the scenes we're cutting Uh, might like
1: might as well not even have been in the movie like, whether he's, like, a famous actor or not, like, that character, a lot of the
2: quantum people, like... He has two of my favorite jokes. I will say that. Okay, that's fair. Because he, he, he has the seven holes joke, which is is really... Okay, cool. that's that fair. Is, and that he really has hilarious. the... And he has the... He does have the one that I liked, which is where they read the guard. The, the guard's like, I'll never tell. And then he reads his mind, and he's like, it's this. And he's like, well, shit.
4: Okay, that's... <laughs> all right. But all right. Are the guards sentient? Are they, like... Do they're they, robots. Do, right, they're robots. They're robots. So, so how does he read a robot's mind? That's a good
1: question. Yes. Robots have
4: brains. Do they?
1: Cy- no, cyborgs have
4: brains. I mean, like, like a computer use brain. Robots, Do they right? Well here's or, the
3: thing. Or 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 they could be people that in that freely enlisted with King. Like when King was what conquering, mean? he they those people that's just their uniform. They just have a voice modulator or something. Well,
1: here's yeah, the thing: the movie impossible. doesn't clarify any yeah. of this, so all these answers are potentially true. <laughs> right. We don't see anyone under those under those helmets, and I could have sworn at one don't. point somebody said he's robotic army. But I could be, you know, complaining stuff.
3: So. Know. Yeah.
1: Any more? Any more? Uh, any more positive, Brandon? I know you you haven't said a
0: lot. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, I, I, I I enjoy the humor in this movie quite a bit. I know uh, that rubbed dog at smarty a little bit, actually, for much of the same reason why the Thor Love and Thunder humor isn't working for me these days. Uh, but I don't, so I don't, I'm not sure what the difference is here outside of maybe I just find the, find the, the sense of humor, uh, Jeff Loveness's sense of humor more appealing than Taika Waititi's at this point in my life. But, um, I think that, uh, most, if not all the jokes landed for me, there's the, um, there's, uh, there's so many things with Hank that, that I, that I mentioned already, but there's, um, there's a few more that I I thought about, but it, it doesn't matter. I don't need to list them. Um, I just, I just thought this was, um, Oh, I wrote it down because I liked it so much. um Thank goodness I looked at my notes. It's when when they're talking about the buildings and 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 the the quantum people and the, and and they're like, "Are your buildings are alive? Like, are your buildings dead?" <laughs> that I just was thought good. that was
3: really funny. That was um, very good,
0: but that was me yeah, I, uh, I, 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 like I like the humor.
1: I love that. I love that finale. I think like uh, generally like third
2: act. Like I always get worried with these did, big third acts, but did you guys catch the part where one of the living buildings was holding? <laughs> yes, another uh, yeah. living. Building. Oh yes, yeah. like mm-hmm. the third know. act,
1: mm-hmm. third act of not just you know uh, the 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 rebels coming and the, and all the ships, the living ships, but the the army they got sent at got sent in a different tunnel that came a thousand years before them, who has an entire civilization, and they're like the elves in in uh, the two towers. Love it, so ridiculous. People some people are really mad that Kane got beat up by a bunch of ants. And I'm like, y'all, that's just fun.
0: That's, that's such a good moment. Fun. That's such a good moment because it's it's you know, I kept thinking to myself, how are there gonna be ants in this movie that, that were going to the quantum realm? And then when I saw the ant, the ant farm get taken, I was like, Oh, okay, that, that's how. But making it so cool of like and then seeing the ants go through the time tunnel for a thousand years and expanding their knowledge is so funny. Um, but then, like, like Kang doesn't give a shit about Scott. Like so here's Scott Lang ant-man who cares about Scott Lang ant-man. You talk mm-hmm. to ants, you're not going to do anything. And like, you, so I'm not going to be beaten by a guy who talks to ants. And then these giant ants come in is such a triumph and, and solid moment to, to, to like end this kind of like idea that ant-man is this worthless hero. You know, it's kind of th- you know back when it's like it, it reminds me a lot of like back when Aquaman like they were saying like oh Aquaman talks to fish and like he summons like a giant kraken and a shark and it's like that that's what he does.
3: The so- part where the ants come to to beat the shit out of King, I felt like it was like a surprise mother- F- moment, like yes. where there's because he straight says all oh, you you just talk to ants. I've killed thousands of Avengers before, and you just talk to oh, what's that? And it's just a giant. Army of ants.
0: Michael Douglas swaggers in, like only Michael Douglas can. And I was like, yeah, baby, that's cool. If,
2: if I may, real quick, like it's it's like the best. I think like it's also this isn't a slight on you, by the way, Marty. I think a, a lot of where you've landed is valid. I just don't always agree. But I think it is a lot of like if you read the comics a lot, when you get to a more comedic comic, something that would be like Ant-Man or something like that, and they bring in a heavy hitter like Kang usually part of the humor is the fact that like it's this person who's normally so seriously taken kind of being foiled by dumb shit and also being like how am I being foiled by dumb shit yeah because like part of it is the ants overwhelming him but it's also like that he didn't see modok betraying him in that moment coming and slamming into the force field and saying my name is darren and i'm not a dick and kang just being like are you what is happening and just literally
1: he kills him instantly (laughs) yeah uh, I got a great, great quote from one of the King comics I was reading, and this is like, this is like the ethos of King and why he gets defeated all the time. Uh, this is after he he won. Uh, right at last, I was not guilty of underestimating my foe. Too often in the past, I have left my my, let my contempt for the other beings blind me to these Avengers because he hates so much, and he doesn't think that Scott Lang can kick his ass. So when it does happen, it does happen.
2: Well, the other thing that I value about it that I disagree with, like people bouncing off of kang being beaten in this way is that like kang doesn't get beaten in that way kang comes back and almost gets through the portal and fights scott physically beating the shit out of scott and he says like you can't win this scott you can't physically beat me yeah and scott says i don't have to beat you we both just have to lose and is willing to sacrifice what he has to stop kang and that's the only part that's important about that is like you're right toe-to-toe, to toe, Ant-Man can't beat Kang, but he can prevent him from achieving his goal. True. Exactly.
4: True, true, yeah. true. And I think
2: that's the only part that's important about that. And yeah. So, it's like, it's not about a, like, Ant-Man isn't stronger than Kang now. There's nothing in this movie that says that. What it does say is that Ant-Man is under the right circumstances able to do enough to sacrifice enough to push Kang away from his goal. And yeah. Kang
1: is at such an elevated level of, like, being, like, you know, he mul- like, multiverse, time travel, all that shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he does not think that a dude who, who talks to ants is going to be able to do anything to him, and and so so when it happens, like there's nothing he can do about it because he can't he, he cannot expect a thousand year old uh, a technologically advanced yeah. army of ants yeah. <laughs> out of nowhere. No, nobody, nobody yeah. expects the Spanish Inquisition, you know. Sure.
2: Like I also <laughs> like that hope comes back for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I do too. Um, the
1: original ending that did not test well was that Scott and Hope got left in the quantum realm.
2: Yeah, which I it, it feels.
4: And like that, I should like, that should have been the ending. That should have been the ending. The random portal that just shows up. Right? But here's okay, the thing. Great here's job, here's
1: why I do like it, because it because Cassie's line when she's initially talking about it. If I had this, I could have saved you from the quantum realm earlier. Okay. So she is she built that literally to save her dad. In two so, seconds. So now. it is a full circle thing. <laughs> I still think it would have been a more satisfying ending if Scott's sacrifice was like meant what something. Do you,
2: what do you mean, Meg? Sorry, Meg's comment. Still wonder what Jimmy Wu was doing with Scott in the beginning. He was going to a restaurant eating with him. Don't you remember the joke in Ant Man and the Wasp? He was that having they were dinner. Going to go have dinner. Yeah. Where would we even go? Magic. Where they are. Magic. Okay. So since we brought that up, it seems a little silly to me. I get the Baskin Robbins joke guy, but the fact that we brought him back twice, we do a second gag with him at the end of the movie, and not the but homies. We can't have Michael Pena in this movie. The homies. Yeah. What?
4: The homies.
2: What?
1: Shut not, up. Not even... Or Judy Greer at the birthday? Not even a reference. Yeah. Not, not even a line about, like, oh, I I wish I wish our friends were here. <laughs> Nothing. That's just, like, what do... Like, I don't blame that on Jeff Luffness. I do blame Peyton Reed, the guy who's made these other two movies. Like, why don't you include the homies? I don't get it.
0: I agree with Sparks in the sense of the birthday scene, because... You know, there's no room for them in this movie. like, realistically, you could have probably replaced Randall Park with uh, Michael Pena in the and the montage in the beginning. But that's really the only place that they can be. um And just, uh, anything.
2: And just imply that like mm. Scott helped them make that business successful. I, I like one shot is enough to at least like keep them in mind. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. As a, so when we get to the birthday at the end, I was really confused why at least judy greer wasn't there because and like i get like the joke that it's not her her actual her actual birthday but like still like that's that feels like that that's where you put those characters because again they don't it's not like you're bringing them to the quantum realm that's not this movie like but you can't right. you can't have them at the end there for a cameo at least
2: yeah it just for me that feels like something where like there's an amount, there is an amount of like these decisions, some of the things that I'm rubbing up against that we're talking about and things like not having Michael Pena's character reference in this film and everything where I'm like, I feel like this Ant-Man film wasn't made for the people who were fans of the first two. Uh,
1: no, a hundred percent. No, because here's the thing. Like as much as we like the Ant-Man movies, those movies don't make a jillion dollars. Like they, for regular people, they just don't, but like king they just underestimate scott like they, because he's not an avenger he's not he like he he's not he's even out. his movie is not even worth watching and that's an, that's an unfortunate like a reality of how people feel about like certain movies and characters they don't give characters chances um well, but so still
2: that... too silly when you consider it's paul Rudd.
1: i know
0: <laughs> <laughs> i know but that's that's weird to me like i i i agree like i think this movie for the most part is built for people who 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 didn't go see the the two ant-man films i felt that way when i was looking at the marketing like there's a sense that like they're trying to be like this is the ant-man movie you haven't seen the first two this is the one go see this one please yeah and and like i get it i really like the first two ant-man movies so i kind of wish this adhered more to what i liked about them but there's also like people don't like those ant-man movies people don't like this ant-man movie yeah so who's so like wins
2: but that's all the that's all the more thing where like I feel like character arcs or decisions like yes there are these joke references like we reference with Jimmy Woo, like we reference with the Baskin Robbins thing that are there and like certainly they are acknowledging the history of these movies existing but I don't feel like it's carrying over a lot of the core of how these characters. Interacted with each other. Not a not a lot. It yeah. is there, but it's not as much as I want it to be for a third Ant Man movie. Like him calling his daughter peanut, like in the middle of a big oh, battle. Wow, that finally yeah. felt good. Yeah. It took a long time to get
1: there. Yeah. And like that is a thing that like I think only people who watched the other Ant-Man movies would like would appreciate. Right. So like, you know, those moments are there, but like it's this definitely felt like not like a soft reboot of any sense, but like you don't really have to worry about those other movies
2: if you go go home and watch Legends on Disney Plus, watch Endgame, and then you're good.
0: Yeah. But that said, now that said, a lot. I was really concerned going into this movie that everything I love about the first two Ant Man films won't be present in there. I have to admit that I did feel the enough of that kind of emotionality between Scott and Cassie to carry this movie for me. That to me was there, and that is part of the heart of of the Ant Man films that I do appreciate. And I was glad that that at least carried over, and that was for for me. honestly enough at this point in my life anyway who knows what i'll feel like next month
2: i that's true uh (laughs) i think i think for me it's not even that i don't think it's there it's that it feels like there should have been more like there was a better version of telling the story again i think a key part of it is where is hope yeah um that hope is just in like the opposite part of the story from what she should be. And I think that would have done a lot to make me feel more like we're doing the right beats and it would have altered Scott and Cassie, but I think in a good way. Um, And it's more me like not saying, Oh, I didn't enjoy this movie. I really did enjoy this movie. I had a great time. It's ranked in the high middle of, of all my MCUs. Like I, I do enjoy it a lot. Yeah. I think that I see like wasted potential in it for the opportunities that were present. Um, we haven't said a lot about it, but I do want to spotlight that I think Michelle Pfeiffer is excellent in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. yeah I, I wanted,
2: agree. I,
1: I man, I so wanted the truth to be that her and Kang had a kid, and that's who Iron Lad is, and that's a big that's the big secret that she didn't want to tell anybody. It could still come. It could still come, but I highly doubt it. Um, uh, yeah, she is great. And like again, the stuff with her and Hope, I wish was like better because it's just her like nag them like nagging about why won't her mom tell her things. Uh, while well, her and her husband are having a great time. Love them together. Going to be happy. Um, um,
0: I wanted to talk a little bit about because you guys mentioned it before while I was having my coughing fit. Um, I sure. do, I do really like the imagination in this movie. I think this movie is really imaginative. I really appreciate how, not even like. I wouldn't even go so far as to say the quantum realm was well thought out. I just really kind of like the imagination on display that there are so many, so many cool and interesting monsters and some cool and interesting. Uh, I, I like the ship designs of the quantum realm. I think the realm itself looks really interesting and, and visual. I, I was really, for me personally, I actually really like the vibrancy and the colors. Um, there's so many like bright blues, uh, even like dark blues, but like there's so many interesting um, kind of, kind of like, uh, warm coloring in the and and in, in the quantum realm that you don't often get with 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 the Ant-Man films or the MCU in general. Um and I, I appreciated that. And once again I really like the imagination of all the characters. Well that said that also brought me to a negative which I don't like Ant-Man's suit. I don't like Ant-Man and the Wasp's new suit. I think it I think it's too busy.
2: Oh I like Wasp's new suit.
0: I, I like wasp I like things, I like the color of Wasp's suit. I'm glad it's more like bright bright yellow but there's too many busy black lines going around in both of their suits for me
2: i will only push back on hopes because i agree with you about ant man's i think ant man's did look busier this time than it needed to the reason hopes works for me is because it looks like a wasp like having the many black lines lands for me so that didn't actually bother me sure i get it but like for me it worked
0: yeah um, yeah. But yeah, that's just the end of my point. Like I really, really That's also the end of my notes. I really like the imagination of the movie. I mean, actually, it looks less like a wasp and more like a
2: yellow jacket, but that's neither here nor there. <gasps>
1: Darren! The uh, yellow jacket's I, I also, Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: he, he, died Avenger. he died in Avenger. I always considered you a brother, <laughs> Scott. That is so funny! <laughs> oh my god! I know you hate it, Marty. I think
4: it's really no. funny. It's I, so funny. I, get, I get the joke. It's yeah, funny. Yeah. I get the funny joke. Just not for you. I just... No, yeah. He... And, humor humor is different for everyone no like i laughed i it was great it was just one of those things where like i didn't
2: want him to be as like much of a joke as they made him out
4: that's fair i sure. will say
2: i will say i wish that they'd done a little bit more with like the moment they only kind of like give you a brief glimpse of where Kang like shoves him up against the wall and says, "Don't talk in my presence. Yeah,
1: his star, his star, like looks moment.
2: at him as less than everything else, and like I wish that was baked in a tiny bit more yeah. to kind of assign like like the way Darren views himself is informed by the way that Kang treats him. Yeah. Right, but like, ah, like the whole "don't be a dick" thing. Like, he is a dick,
4: and he should always be a dick. That's just what he is, and I don't know. The whole, I don't like think- him trying to redeem himself like he didn't need to be redeemed because he's just is a terrible person this this and goes, they don't think he's not a terrible person him doing that right thing once they're like well you're still kind of awful yeah but I, he's dying i do think i do think <laughs>
2: they're even looking at him like devil's, you're still kind of awful." devil's advocate to your point i do think that like again a little bit more of that kang relationship would have informed like sure what has darren like what has darren become like look at everything he lost turning into this this version of himself in the quantum realm and now he's treated as less than human by kang uh all the time and he's done that for 20 years Mm -hmm. or or like whatever amount of time sorry not 20 years but like whatever amount of time it has been in the quantum quantum realm realm that he's been here sure right and if that had been more there i think it earns more the sense of like darren uh being able to be like what i think works is cassie when she slams darren into the ground he's like come on back what are you doing and she's like dude we're like what are you doing yeah that yeah. part works for me maybe not like i get what you're saying about like the redemption and everything and i do think like more of the kang relationship stuff would have helped that but her coming back and him like dude like what what even is this like what what's the and what's the goal here man what do you get out of this now it's like the and he's just yeah. like but i don't I don't know how to be anything else. This is like, all I know how to is, be. This is kind of fair if you take it in the the message of like, this is what Kang can turn people into. Sure. It does make Kang like more intimidating and sinister and dark and cruel in his own way. I wish they leaned on that harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, I think if you are allowing yourself to pontificate on that idea, that really works for me. Right. This idea of like what he was reduced to in the eyes of Kang.
4: Yeah. yeah
1: also like the final line after he dies is like, and scott's like man what a day <laughs> just like this guy just dies in front of him an avenger his old nemesis now like, a big head man
2: like darren not even thinking of himself as darren anymore i do like it's he's fun M-Modok, it's it's yeah. funny but it's also like sad. it's sad because it's like you know scott trying to reach him on the radio and he's like Modoc, and he's like yeah what's up and like <laughs> yeah what's up he's he's so consumed by what Kang has turned him into he's gotta live this that is life his identity is this is what he's become he is only important in the context of what he does because
1: what are the, what, are the, what, are, what else is he gonna do he'll just die if he fights Kang like right, this is right. he's, he's 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 a little jester man big fat jester man um you know, I agree with bra- you about
2: like you know a little too little too much on the jokey when like compared to the the intimidation he's supposed to mean to the people who live there mm-hmm. yeah right oh, I wanted
4: to uh, go ahead talk right. about what you were saying about the world yeah. Uh, I just wanted to go back to that because I thought that was the world and just how, like how it's kind of like on a cellular level mm-hmm. and everything is like living and like even like putting your arms <gasps> in the ship. Oh, I love and, the goo like, arms. Even like eating the food, all the food is still living yeah. and alive. And it's just like you're eating that weird octopus calamari thing. Oh, yeah. And it's just like everything about it. It's like the only reason why you can like beat these things is because you're bigger than these things. Yeah. And
2: I, I just thought right. that like whole
4: everything is alive.
2: It's a really cool. it's a good it's a good moment to remember the like that's not a sun and then like toss the sun and it yeah. gets absorbed by another thing you that comes know, after them. You know what movie this Always reminds me fish. of? Boy howdy,
1: mm. Disney's Strange World about a group of uh, three generations of explorers going to an unknown world where things were alive inside mm. of it crazy.
0: Ah, people didn't like that movie either and they're also wrong. I really um I really liked in the beginning um, how Cassie calls Hank Grandpa. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you guys mentioned that while I was gone. But uh, the um, the line that I also really like is when he when he you know uh, makes the pizza big. He's just just saved eight bucks, and so I was like, I admire you.
2: Yeah, that's. There's really good character comedy between them for sure. Yeah. Um
0: yeah. I just think Michael Douglas is I just I really like him in the Ant-Man movies anyway. I really I, I think he's really great in them, surprisingly so. He could just walk He sleepwalk through these movies. Um, but yeah. like he he doesn't. He like turns in some really fun and, and kind of like um freeing performances. He's not doing a lot, but what he's doing is really fun and really good. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um I do you guys think this is the last Ant Man movie? No. I hope not. It had oh. the highest opening out of all the Ant Man movies, but it's also more expensive than the other Ant Man movies.
2: So I don't think it's the last one. I think they'll keep like I I I think that they like Paul Rudd as Ant Man. I think they do want to keep doing that.
1: I'm just saying, can you imagine an Ant Man four where it's Ant Man in Stature and they do the World High work and it's just him fighting like a bug kaiju monster? Like it's still small enough scale, but big
0: and fun. Come on, I'm dude. for that.
2: Yeah. I, wish. I wish that's what.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the post credit scene.
2: Uh, I I actually want to touch on the ending. I do really like Scott. Internal narration when he comes back, and he's like, I mean, we beat him, right? Right, Right? yeah, like we got him. Did we not get him? Did I screw up? (laughs) 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 I'm not gonna worry about it, it's fine. Nothing bad's gonna happen. It it is gonna be funny watching this movie
1: in like 20 years, like just watching it on its own. Like, oh, yeah, this, I guess I gotta watch whatever this is leading into or whatever. Because, like, (laughs) the bad guy that we just beat shows up in the next thing you'll watch or whatever. Like, yeah, okay, uh,
0: so post credits. Oh my gosh, let's talk about the Council of Kings. Did All of the Kings. anything about Bill Murray? He's in he's in the
2: movie. He's in the movie. He's I liked movie. it. I he,
1: thought it was yeah,
2: great. He's funny.
1: He's, he's her ex-lover. They fought in Revolutions. Like, yeah, let's, He's 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 a fun addition. I will never think about it ever again.
2: He's so good at being a terrible person. Yeah. Like, I kind of wish they would have bridged like between him and the Modoc stuff like how King treats people. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was room to not that you need to be more of the movie necessarily, but like just yeah. fill in some gaps there in the scene because he he kind of does he like walks up to the line of like you know you, you know what you left us with kind of thing but like he's still serving. I think you kind of you definitely get the vibes right. Yeah, like like sure. it would have been.
1: I see what you're saying, but I think we got enough like just how he acts and how like I'm the more, Lord. I
2: want more than the vibes. Sure. I want. I want. More You want rich. substance? I want substance. Yeah. I
4: don't think you deserve to get eaten by that calamari though. <laughs> last
2: last thing before post-credits is I also just really like Scott coming in gigantic as heck and uh bodoc being like that's big. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> him coming right at it and Kate being like, Oh my god, take him down. <laughs> I I thought the, the when they're both big moment was funny.
1: Like we're both you're big too.
4: Like that's stupid shit, but I thought it was fine. I wish they were still getting shot at. Oh, sure. I, like everything just stopped. It was done. They had their moment. But I wish they like you would see like little pew pew pew's <laughs> going at them. That
0: would have been
1: like, good.
4: Yeah, I'll agree with that. Sure. Yeah.
0: Post credit uh, time. So post-credit scene introduces many, 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 many Jonathan Majors as as Kang's variants. We get Immortus and Ramatut in the beginning.
1: Um and then some other guy. So the all all the Kang spurts online are speculating it's not red centurion because we see him in the, in the gladiatory arena you see a big red dude um people are speculating that that's titty mortis who is an evil version of iron man um it could just be a random king but like it is weird that you have like the ones from the comics you have Ramatel, you have Immortis, and then you just have a rando so he's probably someone they just, they give him a really weird design so we don't know um I read a lot of King comics. So you guys go first, so I feel like I know what's happening. Like I, I know. I feel like I know like the trajectory of shit like, that's gonna go on. I want to hear you guys. So,
3: first. so when King gets sucked into his, uh, to the engine, I thought, okay, so he's probably just getting time warped. He's not dying. But then when in the post scene when they say, so oh, he's dead, you, it's like, they didn't kill. It's like these other people killed him. I'm, just, you must be bummed you didn't. Kill. I was like, okay, so he is dead. We are gonna get a different King as like the is he true. Is he dead? Well these kings certainly think so. These Kings think so. So I'm going off I the word so. of these Kangs. We have
1: another we have another post-credit scene to talk about as well.
3: But that's a different I king.
1: Gonna... I'm not I'm not I'm not convinced yet. Yeah. No, because uh going from the comics, Kang gets defeated by the Avengers, gets sent back in time to 1901, finds timely Wisconsin, creates the TVA, all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um so unless this is a different king, I don't think. Here's my big brain theory. I don't think you're in I don't think they're introducing King the Conqueror, the one that we just saw in this movie, to be our big bad. He is the king that will become a good person. He's is... he will be the king that helps the Avengers. Because he will become Victor Timely. He will help them stop Immortus and all them. Um I read like 30 issues of the King, so this is all on my brain. This do is all think, a bunch of nonsense. Do you
2: think he's the king who creates the TVA in Loki? Yes. Okay, got it. Yes.
1: Because so, Loki specifically is like, he's like that's,
4: I mean, that's that. That's the meanest guy. That ever would know. track.
2: That would track a lot of trajectory if like you look at this like in hindsight as the origin story for the Kang who runs the TVA that we're going to see in Loki season two. I could buy that.
4: And, and, yeah, like, but- Loki, and not the Loki, at or not the
2: Kang at the end. No, no 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 it would be it would this? be like like what they're the they're time. all you no know, because like he because like where where loki and owen wilson are at the we're going to the other post credit scene but where, where they are in the other post credit scene they've gone back in time to like he lives in the in the tva the king that that king created and he's taking owen wilson back in time to, to show him the origins. to show him the origin of that guy but he in Ryan's theory could potentially have spilled out to that moment in time from this movie. That's just So like when he gets yeah, sucked yeah. into the world engine, spills out to the Victor Timely period where he becomes that person. Okay. So like that, we're, we're kind of getting a kind of through line in through uh, the midst of all the Kang chaos.
1: And, and this could Victor Timely could absolutely just be another Kang, but I think, I think they have a really good trajectory and they have a really cool thing where they can have a good king on their Avengers team. And I so, think the more Jonathan Majors the better.
0: So my my only my only counter to that, because like I don't know. We nobody knows what's gonna happen in the no. next in Loki season two or wherever King goes. My only thing about that is Timely doesn't have the scars. Yeah. Uh and That's this true. King does when he die when he dies. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. Um I
1: uh I just I I Truly cannot believe that we not that we didn't just get we got Immortus and we got Roman but we got like a thousand kings. We got like the 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 what's the last Star Wars movie called? I keep Rise Rise of Skywalker. We got like mm-hmm. that Sith Temple, but it's all kings. Like again, that is just right from the comics, and that is truly bananas. Um,
2: more Jonathan Majors, more better.
1: Yeah, um, Immortus is like is I don't know what they're gonna do with for the King Dynasty, but in the comics, Immortus is the big bad king. He is the king at the end of the world. Um, and he was using King the Conqueror to destroy other timelines for his own purposes, so Immortus would always become Immortus. Um, so, like, there's so much bullshit that, the, that they're probably going to do that, like, you know, it's all fun speculation. I don't know. Could, I, who knew though? Loki Season 2 could just wipe all this, all this out of the water.
0: They could do really anything with Kang. I mean, they could theoretically make it so that Jonathan Majors always plays a different version of Kang every single appearance until Kang Dynasty, which could just be him playing five different versions of Kang.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's man, that post-credit scene is so crazy, y'all. i I, I just can't believe because they didn't just show like they didn't just show all the same versions of King. Like, they showed they showed Mister Griffin, who is the King from the 2018 run, who bought Avengers Tower. And if you watch Loki, it's the Avengers Tower in the in that realm has King Tower on it. So like, this is all all this King stuff is like is happening, and like it, it's all setting up, and like. He it, it could have been Wilson Fisk, could have been Baxter Building, but like it could have been Kang, could have been Mister Griffin, Kang to who bought that tower. Like all this is is in the air. Like it's almost impossible to speculate because they they've done the comics and the comics are batshit crazy. Um, it was really wild being in that theater, hearing him talk like this, and I'm like, what are you doing with your accent? And then he's a Pharaoh man, and then he's like an alien man. I'm so glad we saw Roman talk. Yeah, like the the thing that baffles me i'm just gonna talk about some Kang lore real quick because we're here and i'm just thinking about it like Ramatot was introduced but he wasn't kang originally he was retconned immortus was introduced as an avengers villain and he wasn't kang until he's retconned like a decade later like all of these villains became kang years later because they were not cool enough to be on their own and the fact that they're introducing them all at once is so wild and fascinating because like they they could have done a fantastic Fantastic Four is, is first appearance. They could have made a Fantastic Four movie where this guy was the villain. So but they, like, and they that's the thing. Like this could be the like I'm just it's so crazy. This is probably like the wildest post credits scene we've ever had. Uh, just because like the 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 limitations are like are are limitless. They could do anything.
0: I, I don't even know what the think. I really like the the line that he says that Immortus says when he's like they're beginning to touch us like they're like the the MCU is starting to rub up against whatever the the Kang council is planning like they're like uh, the more powerful the the MCU kind of gets the 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 closer they get And like Immortus and the other Kangs are now looking to the point that like, oh. okay this is now a threat we need to deal with this
1: yes so uh yeah so another reason I think King might become a like this Kang might become a good guy is because his whole motivation, much like a Thanos, like Thanos wants to kill half the universe, but for good reasons. He wants to he wants to save the universe because it's overpopulated, right? Kang thing is like, yo, the other versions of me are awful, and they're they're just wrecking shit, and incursions are happening nonstop. They don't realize they're destroying the multiverse, so I have to stop them by destroying other multi- by destroying other universes. And I'm like, well, like, you're killing people by killing people. Like, it's none of it's right. But, like, he is doing the right thing. He's doing what the Avengers do in Hickman's Avengers by destroying alternate universes to save Earth. So he is doing the right thing, technically. Um, and it's going to be a really fun thing if we get to, you know, right before Secret Wars and the Avengers have to destroy universes. And the King was like, yeah, welcome back to me 20 years ago, baby. This is what I've been trying to do since the beginning. That's fascinating shit. If they do that, then it could possibly rival Endgame. But I don't believe yeah. it. Because <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm curious to game. see... I'm curious to see what, what they end up doing for, for Secret Wars. There's a rumor that this Kang could become the Beyonder. I uh, like not a rumor, but like speculation that this is that this Kang would be like their Yeah, you know, because they 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 did um Secret Wars would probably be a version of Battle World and you can mix and match characters to make this character be the Beyonder. There's really no reason why not. Um
1: Sure, the Beyonder is a very old character that is his own character that comes from his own race of Beyonders, which is like the I, I think that's they could do it, but I just find that lazy. If you're just, oh, we're just going to make this entire other decades-long villain also Kangs, I think that that would ruin a lot of the fun of the original Secret Wars, which is about the Beyonder himself. Um, but, like, rumors come true these days, so, like, if that's true, like I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Sorry, it's not or, rumor. I misspoke. It's speculation.
2: Okay. okay. Or, I mean, like, not necessarily make him the Beyonder, but put him in the Beyonder role.
0: Yeah. That See, that
1: makes more sense. Don't turn him into a Beyonder. Just, like...
2: I'd rather I don't adapt, want to adapt
1: a Kang into Sure playing the role. I'd rather you again just do the comics, but like I understand you gotta do your MCU thing. That's fair. Ben, do um, you have any opinions on 5,000 Kings?
0: Well, real quickly, I just wanna say, you know, it's I'm curious. I've always been curious about Secret Wars because um, you know, they either could do they now they have three options in my opinion. They have they could just introduce the Beyonder, they could do Kang, put Kang in the in the role of the Beyonder. Or they could just be like, yeah, Dr. Doom is now this villain, because he, he will, will most likely be introduced in the Fantastic Four movie that came that would be, I think, a year or two removed from Secret Wars. So they've got three my, options, and I've always been curious about it, but Kang Dynasty is the one where I'm like, right, we're going to see some, some weird shit.
1: Yeah, my my, and I'm in my fun speculation on this, but I I they're definitely going to introduce Dr. Doom to be part of Secret Wars, like that. that is, that is inevitability. I do think that um, like Hickman's Avengers, Dr. Doom is the one who who becomes the hero of the universe. So like, Kang can be the bad guy, and then Dr. Doom takes his omnipotent power, and then that's how Secret Wars happens. So like, it could still be King as our primary villain, and then, oops, it's actually Dr. Doom. This whole thing is Dr. Doom's orchestration. Like, that could all still happen, uh, which is fine. Their their connections to the comics have only become more and more connected over the decades. So like, that's fine.
2: I, ju- I just really hope that you know the the road forward to Kang Dynasty and beyond is littered with Jonathan Majors. I don't want them to blow their whole majors load on Kang Dynasty. I want it to actually. We need be one more than one license ma- stretched out for a long period of time. Oh, we need more
0: than one major load. I agree. <laughs> uh, ben, final thoughts, and why don't you, why don't you rate it on uh, the whole film? So
3: like like I said earlier I liked the whole film and to touch on the the thousand kings even the the, the final post credit scene with um Loki and uh Morbius or Mobius sorry wrong wrong marvel character Michael Morbius uh, <laughs> I I liked it I the fa- the council of kings was absolutely terrifying like mag is in the comments um he said the audience as jonathan the majors as kings is funny and scary I agree um grayson also said that he don't think it's the same thing that king was alive but then the other king said he was dead so um i know where this is not the end of jonathan majors run as king obviously uh king will return obviously uh (laughs) no grayson i'm not going to um final thoughts (laughs) it's enjoyable but i like the other ant-man films more um one of the strengths of the ant-man films is the ensemble and as much as I did enjoy the smaller ensemble in this movie, um, mm, oh, that's the a council of kings, that's about the
1: Avengers from the 80s, baby.
3: That's a lot of king. Um, a lot of as I was saying, even though this film has a smaller ensemble or a different ensemble, if you will, to me, they just don't bring a candle to what the original ensemble is. And that's including Judy Greer, that's including Michael Pena, and the rest of the squad of um, oh, Scott's, uh, friends. But all in all, Cassie was still fun. I I still enjoyed Cassie quite a bit, and this movie does set up uh, something for later on down the MCU. But as as but if you you were to ask me which of the three Ant Man films I would like to watch more, probably the um, the first one, probably the original one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got to have I flip flop between the first and second one, but. Besides that, the final rating, I give it a seven. It's still a fun movie. It's still a fun date night. It's it mm-hmm. just doesn't go, oh my god. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll will will right. I'll agree with that. Um, you know, Ant Man and the Wasp is in my top five. Uh so I was I was ready to love it, ready to love it. Um, and it's mostly pretty good. I I'll give it a seven point five. Um I think Kang is awesome. I there is a part of me that just wishes this could have been this could have still been a quantum movie, but maybe have Modoc be the bad guy. And, you know, have, have the personal stakes kind of be the main core of it. Um, but King is, King is awesome. And I like, and seeing 5,000 Kings it, it truly blew my mind. That's like, that is that, that is probably my favorite post credit scene that we've had, just because the, the real, the bringing comic books to life has never been more insane than that moment. Seeing 5,000 Jonathan Majors in a Coliseum. Thank you.
0: 7.5. Sparks? Hmm.
2: Excuse me, sorry. I had a big yawn inside of me. Big yawn. Um, I think that part of it for me comes from this place of wanting this to be the Ant Man movie that got everybody to be like, oh, great. Ant Man movies are really good, actually. Yes. And feeling like the potential to have pulled that off was there and it didn't quite hit the home run I think it should have because I do feel like there's an amount, in a way, I haven't felt for a while in the MCU of like, really forcing up the we're setting up the future kind of storytelling rather than we're focusing just right here on the story here and while I like to see uh Kang and Jonathan Majors and everything I'm not saying I necessarily want them out of this movie I just wanted a bit more of the Ant-Man heart and character growth not just for him but for his characters around him that I used to from the Ant-Man films
1: do, do, um, do, 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 but
2: i still do. really enjoyed it i had a great time overall i think the performances are really strong there's just uh again like that hope problem is i think really key and at the center of, of why some of the stuff is missing and lacking um but i i had a lot of fun i still would put it up pretty high it's an eight for me so think of well, that what you will hell yeah marty
4: uh, i thought it was a lot of fun um i know that like i have a lot of negatives and stuff like that like the humor is funny it's it's a funny show but when watching the trailer i when i watched the trailer i was like oh crap like this is gonna be intense and like this king's gonna be intense everything's gonna be super intense and then when watching the movie it's like <laughs> <laughs> holes Okay, this is funny. That that's funny. All right, there's some humor there, and it's good humor. But it's just so much of it that that like frightening storyline that exists just wasn't demonstrated, and it was kind of like, all right, so cool. Yeah, I like this, but like, I just wish there was a little bit more to it. Uh, so seven.
0: Seven. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'll feel differently later. Um. I have a tendency to turn on a lot of MCU projects that I'm pretty hot on lately. Uh, Except for Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of madness. I stuck, I stuck with that one. Um, But I, um, as it stands, I had a, I had a really good time. I really liked it. I, I said in the beginning, I loved it. I, I I think, I I think I did love it. Like, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm trying to convince myself I did. That's certainly a possibility. I've done that before, but like right now, I, I just, I just really liked this movie. Um, So I give it an 8.5.
2: Yeah, I don't think that there's a lot. I don't think there's like a wide gap between you and the rest of us. Hmm. I I think it's like you know a smidge more of it worked for you than worked for us. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, there might be a bit of a bigger gap between you and Marty, but then the rest of us, like the usual <laughs> fake nerds, I think we're pretty close to each other. And just I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think there's a lot a lot to enjoy about this movie. This movie
1: has again, Rod tomato scores like don't mean anything, but this has a a like in the forties, Ben's asleep. Ooh. It's uh. Uh this movie's not a 40% bad. No. I just no. I
0: just I just look at the reaction to this movie and like frankly like I'm baffled by a lot of it. I kind of get some of it. Like it's a weird movie, but like I don't know. It works. It's, me it's and, popular
2: and, to be down on the MCU right now. It's yeah, it's,
0: it's popular behavior. to be down on the MCU. No
1: a lot of people just don't care about the Ant-Man movies. Um and this movie, by definition, not being, you know, not being great. That just gives a lot of people like oh then like then they just they will shit all over it for no reason like it, it is unwarranted. This I mean, this is probably the most unwarranted hate an MCU movie has gotten in a long time to be honest.
2: There was someone like it's gotten pretty popular. A lot of people are using it as an example. I'm not going to name anyone because I don't remember the usernames. But on Twitter, like you know somebody gave like a very favorable like a lot of description about what was really wonderful to them about the film and rated a 7.5 out of 10 at the end. Yes. And people were like jumping on there like how can you say like all these things are great and then rated a C and I'm like. What what do you guys want? Like it's only a ten or a zero. (laughs) They're enjoying the movie so much and they're saying that plainly, and then they give it a seven point five. If they gave it a nine, you would jump down their throat and saying they're just saying bullshit. Like they're at least being like critical and also acknowledging that they loved a lot of the movie. I don't like seven point five is not a bad rating, it's not you need to calm down.
0: There but again, like
2: doesn't exist on the (laughs) internet.
0: Also like it's ridiculous that seven that seven is considered a C like I understand that's our rate that's 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 the rating system for kids in 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 schools but it's ridiculous that there's 60% that's just failing like that's right, a, yeah, a 60% is not a bad movie so how why is that why, why do we why do we attribute 60% F to 60% bad movie that doesn't make any sense to me Trans,
2: yeah. transfer the same thing down to like a five star rating, it that the seven point five would be like a three and a half. Yeah. yeah. Like that's that's a seven. Like that doesn't sound like a bad movie to me. A three and a half out of five, that's not terrible. I've I i i i
1: have said it enough, but like people some people just can't accept that movies can be okay to good. Like everything has to be a masterpiece or it is the worst thing ever made. Like people mm. Like they won't accept anything greater than a masterpiece. Otherwise, like it's just not worth watching. And I think yeah. that's just a shitty way of looking at entertainment, because then you're gonna miss a lot of things. sometimes you need mm-hmm. to see some stuff to know how not to make things.
2: Especially looking yep. at MCU movies. Like you can't you can't go to these movies expecting them to be something that they're just not setting out to be the beginning. At of. this
1: point <laughs> I feel like you should like you should own know what you're doing into, you, honestly. Yeah, it's it your own fault at
0: this at this point.
2: <laughs> right. It should be a known quantum mania. Anyway. <laughs> I thought it was a great time overall. Yeah, I have problems, but it's again like it's mostly just like I feel like there was more potential on the table than it achieved.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I agree. Yeah, yeah. change the school change the school ranking system. Let's go into our book club.
1: Bye Marty. All right. Okay,
2: we're gonna say goodbye to Marty real quick. Bye, Marty. Bye, because Marty.
0: did not read book line. Thanks, Marty. I, uh,
1: Transform I, I, into a two-person set.
0: I was li- I was a little too trigger happy there. A little too trigger happy on. on the on the on the thingy okay. Ben, I don't mind the yawning, but the stretching has gotten a little out of hand. What? Because you kind of make the big show of how tired you are. I, like, oh, baby, look at my back. I had to stretch. It's. I had to stretch. All right, I'm sorry, Ben. Um, we sorry. all got to stretch sometimes. It is my book club this week, and I and I have Star Trek on the brain. I've been, you know, Star Trek Picard has returned, and I was really excited about it, and I wanted to read a Star Trek book, and uh, I wanted to try and share a Star Trek book with you guys, so I picked uh, what I was hoping would be a safe bet, uh, which is Star Trek Manifest Destiny, uh, written by Mike Johnson and Ryan Parrott, with art by Angel Hernandez. Um, this is a story about the Kelvin timeline. So, Chris Pine, uh, hmm, Anton Yelchin, Simon Pegg, you know, those guys uh, going up Zachary against. Zachary Quinto. The... Zachary Quinto. Those guys going like up Calvanna? against. Carl Urban. I'll wait. <laughs> no, not at all. John Cho, is John Cho? Um, oh, This dude. is this is them going through the their version of the Klingons. Uh, what do we think about this?
3: I highly
0: enjoyed it. One of my
3: favorite things about the Star Trek comics, especially back when the they were making comic books about the Kelvin timeline, was that four issues felt like an episode of Star Trek, and this felt like mm-hmm. an episode mm-hmm. of Star Trek, and it felt like a really fun episode of Star Trek. Um. I don't really have a whole lot of negatives. Um, This definitely goes into like how the Kelvin timeline era with the Klingons because they're still, because you know, the Klingons are part of the Federation yet. They're still at odds. They still, it's like a a bunch of Klingons show up. It's like, dude, you just come into war. It's like, yo, I'm independent of the Klingon empire. The Klingon empire lost their way. I'm doing my own thing. And even there's a bunch of parts in this book where Chris Pine says, we had to become soldiers. We know we're explorers. And they still try to drive into the fact that we are here to look out and explore. We're not here to go pew pew all the time. And even though mm-hmm. it's like, hey, even though we're out here in space, we do have to go pew pew pew. It sucks. And I don't like it. Ooh. So I still think this is a solid entry in mm-hmm. um in Star Trek comic books. So I I had a good time with it. I liked it. Ryan Sparks?
1: I also had a good time with it. Uh the thing that I that I was most curious about is like uh will these writers capture the voices of the Kelvin actors? Like, like will this will I feel like this is Chris Pine saying these lines? And for the most part, it it, it did. Uh like I, I saw I I heard Carl Urban's bones, you know, Zoe Saldana and all them. Like it all that all worked for me. I think they got the characters' voices right. Mm-hmm. Uh I think the story's pretty good. I also don't have a lot of negatives. Um I I liked it a lot. I don't I don't know if I have a lot to say. I think my, the funniest line to me that I really liked was "You're my first human hurt, human kill." And you're like, well, you're my first
2: Klingon patient. And he jabs him with a thing, and like, Bones was pretty fun. Pretty fun in this.
0: So- I'll
2: agree with what Ryan was saying, which is that I think that they do a very good job of capturing the voices of this cast. I think it's very clear. I can hear them when I'm reading it, and I think that that was really good. Um, this isn't a negative. I just uh. I there was wasn't as much meat as I wish there was so there's not a lot that I feel like I can talk about just because I it felt maybe a little bit more straightforward than I wanted it to. Hmm. Um I I think it's well written again like the characters are the characters and I feel it. Um something that stood out to me is that I kind of thought that the the race we encountered at the beginning was going to circle back around to being relevant and then they just don't. Oh, yeah. Um and that threw me a little bit, because uh, I kind of kept waiting for it to come back into play. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed a lot of it, though. I had a good time. It's it's an easy breezy read, um, and I really like the idea of, you know, this this Klingon who is going against their beliefs and oh, focused can't. on his own glory. It's the little green guy in an outfit, right? Yeah, the green screen. And and I like that. I like the sense of of the weight of this conflict being upon them um i just there's some element i wanted something to enrich the story just a little bit more
0: so mike johnson and ryan Parrott talked about this move they talked about this book when it was coming out as like the the movie that the kelvin timeline didn't get which was one about the klingons because they don't really have one with the klingons they skipped them in, into darkness um, and that's apparent when you get to like this 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 trade covering that I have has um uh, variant covers collected in it that are uh, that are the new cast the Kelvin timeline cast uh, juxtaposed with um, movie posters uh, of the original of the original cast. And I think that's really cool art. Just want to shout that out. Um, but I don't really think they were altogether successful in that. Um, the the idea that this was meant to be like a movie. I think there's some cinematicness to it because of just the tel- the Calvin timeline style is more cinematic style than the original series, um, but that's kind of where it where it lasts um, because this feels more like Ben said an episode like this feels like an episode of Star Trek but not yeah. really much more than that.
1: Yeah, hearing that this was. This was like the, the potential idea of a movie. I'm like, well, I hope there's more meat on them bones for that script then. Because yeah, uh, yeah. this is like a great like episode of Star Trek, but like a feature movie you only get every like four or five years maybe. Well, like, Well,
2: and like show, show talk, show talk. I call him
1: shock top, which is my favorite beer.
2: Shock talk. Shock um, He is, uh, there's nothing very, there's not a lot of depth there. And I feel like all three of the Kelvin Timeline villains had like more to say with their roles, regardless of how much I might have liked the movie they were in, Benedict Cumberbatch. Um oh, you mean but H- but like Henry but Collins. like regardless of that, like even like go back to the the first one of them, Nero, like Nero has stuff that I think adds to his complexity. Hi and on like Nero. makes him an interesting villain to want to watch. And this is just kind of like Klingon bad guy and mainly bad guy because willing to murder without honor and like that's it and and I'm like that's that's like one notch below the bad guy from Galaxy Quest I I just wanted a little bit more it feels like like
1: they're kind of just doing like like if this is your first Star Trek book they're not going to overwhelm you with like a lot of Klingon stuff like here's the basics here's what you gotta know about Klingons Uh, this guy he thinks that they're not they're Mm -hmm. not hard enough and this girl's like no we need to go back the, the regular way and like it is. It is a good, fun read. But I do. I wish there was a little more, little more, uh, nuance.
0: Yeah. So if it was. Go ahead, Ben.
3: No, I was. I was gonna agree. If it was to be a movie, I do think there should have been a lot more meat on those bones.
0: Um. Well, okay. Real quickly, it wasn't going to be a movie. They just wrote this oh, as if it was the movie that came out between Into Darkness and Beyond. Oh, that's.
2: Oh. Okay. That's but it. I mean, again, like even going back t- to idea, I think Ben nailed it in one. that like you addressed that, like it it just feels like an episode, a, a yeah. pretty good episode. I like a pretty good episode. Yeah, yeah. But it has episode. a
3: clear, it has a clear beginning, middle, end. It has a resolution that feels like an ending of a Star Trek episode, just with a little more oomph. Where they have to jess and all the coffins of the fallen officers.
2: It has an arc focused on a specific character, which is Bones. And then it has a secondary arc for the captain, mm-hmm. which is present and much smaller, but it's there, which is about the conflict of entering into warfare mm-hmm. when you want to be an explorer. It's there. It's good. I'm not knocking mm-hmm. it.
0: Yeah, I think I will that's, say. Oh, go ahead.
2: No, go ahead, Brandon.
0: Please. No, no, no. no. I, I have a lot to say, so I go, you go ahead.
2: No, but I'm going to change my, what I'm saying. You look like you were going to respond, so go ahead. Well, I just think that's that's...
0: That's something that the Kelvin timeline doesn't really deal with the fact that they are more militaristic than the prime timeline. Um, and that was what discovery rubbed up against when that was when it was adapted and I'm actually going to talk about discovery in a minute. Um, but uh, when discovery was adapted, people were talking about how militaristic it was because they were still rubbing up against the Kelvin timeline aesthetic because JJ Abrams wrongly and R- Roberto Orsi and Alice Kirshman, uh have wrongly situated that so the Federation is a military. Or the Starfleet is a military, or it's not. It's an exploratory force. Um, they in Beyond, one of the one of my favorite lines in Beyond is when they're talking about Idris Elba's character, Krull, um, talking about how he was a Mako officer, which was the military from the early days of Starfleet before the Federation was formed. And then, Bo- and then Scotty says to, to like Chris Pine asks, "Well, what happened to Makos?" and and Scotty's like well we happened the federation happened we're not a military so we got rid of the Makos. um and so like i like that kind of idea that kirk is rubbing up against this idea that he he kind of serves in a militaristic timeline but he's still an explorer at heart he wants to be an explorer that's what the enterprise is built for exploration exploration i think that i think that's a a pretty solid a, a pretty solid arc that i do kind of wish was meteor. yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm yeah i agree um i want to talk a little bit about discovery okay real quick um
2: i the one interaction it was my favorite thing in the comic i wanted to highlight is that i really like when they're talking about the plan to like throw them off and what to do and uh kirk asks scotty uh do you think you can fix the breach and he says as long as there's no fluctuation in the containment fields during the reboot process we should be fine and then it goes to him and spock working on it. he says glad to have your help commander and he's like mr scott i am detecting fluctuations in the containment fields during the reboot process <laughs> <laughs> and i could really hear zachary quinn and simon Pegg doing that in that landing very funny yeah. Uh, yeah i really liked that bit
0: around this time there's a lot of um there's a lot of talk about what happened to the orion girl that uh, kirk slept with in, in the academy and In the first movie and she was her ship was destroyed in in star trek 09 so everyone was like you just killed her and so like people started rubbing up against that later on but they've but they brought her into the comics there was an ongoing comic book series that they brought her into and then they referenced her again in this and i just think that was kind of a funny point in our our star trek history that we were just constantly referring back to this orion girl
2: that felt weird to be honest yeah. with you, like in the context of the comic, without that, oh. that like now that you bring that up, like it's like, um, hey, I'm about to die, and uh, it, like you, secondary character, you're probably about oh, to die. The green so guy. I Should acknowledge, by the way. Sorry about how I sexually, uh, oh my god, uh, you know, abused and manipulated your sister in yes. order for me to know how to do the Kobayashi Maru. That wasn't so cool of me, um, and I was like, oh okay that's that's that is the one part that i was like what
1: because like there's this green guy who's been in the background who doesn't really talk and then in the third issue he's like hey remember that thing you did to my
2: sister and i'm like wait no what? No, no the weird part is that kirk brings it up sorry yeah still he didn't even talk less yeah that green guy look cool Kurt kirk, kirk's like you know by the way it's probably been a bit of a while but i know we've never had a chance to like necessarily be side by what side but weird... i want to say like it was really wrong of me to like sleep with your sister just to get answers on that test that is one time. i haven't forgiven you
1: or whatever it's, That is, that is the no and then
2: he's like you know like in the context of a bar i probably would have different responses but in the context of starfleet oh. i think you're an incredible captain and i'm happy to serve
1: under you <laughs> so like okay. don't, don't even worry about thanks.
2: it thanks i don't know why we did this interesting interaction yeah, that's true.
0: okay so i want to talk a little bit about discovery um it should surprise no one that I have a lot to talk about this book. Um, but um Discovery, Star Trek Discovery came out, I believe, after this book was published. Um, I will uh quickly scan and hope I can find it quickly. Um, but it was yeah, 2016. Starch Discovery would come out a year later. And obviously they were probably breaking the script at the same time. There's an interesting, there's interesting dual thought, if not outright plagiarism, happening between one of them. Um search Discovery introduces a a a a um, albino Klingon, um, for the first time in the, in the live action history of the franchise, and that's like a big deal. It's like oh my god, it's a white Klingon. Klingons are black, and like this Klingon is like um, is like banished from his house. Think he's he's not welcome, and he finds and he finds this belonging in this in this kind of like, um, outside outside uh clan of 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 Klingons, and they're going to destroy the federation although there's more subterfuge in, in this in discovery than there was in this i found that very interesting <laughs> that that parallel thought might have happened uh because that's the plot of this book the the show show talk show talk um i believe it uh yeah klingon is a horrible language um the opening of discovery the very opening of discovery opens with just a klingon monologue no thank you no thank you um but i think it was i think that's really weird that that happened um if it if it if there's plagiarism involved i would not be surprised um then there's uh, also the d7 battlecruiser which is a famous klingon ship that makes its debut in this one it also made its debut in in discovery uh in a similar way which is funny i guess um something else i want to highlight real quickly is that this collection uh, has the first issue in klingon uh, that's just kind of cool
1: that is that is fun that is cool. um
0: yeah so you can you can learn klingon the 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 comic book way oh, okay. um but yeah the, the the villain the villain's kind of one note unfortunately as Spark said you know said so so wisely even john harrison has a little bit more meat on his bones con um Stop. Stop. <laughs> john <laughs> um, harrison that's john a, harrison that henry harrison um as much as i despise Uh, into darkness and 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 the reveal that john harrison is con but there's still meat there um even uh on all of them but he's just kind of like i was banished by my house because i was seen as an ill omen and now i'm just going to kill all the klingons of the federation like cool for sure cool i guess
1: uh we haven't talked about the art at all i think for the most part it's good There are definitely because i am i am big about like facial expressions there's a lot of facial expressions that don't match what the people are saying a lot of times they'll just be open mouths. And I'm like, I don't know what you're supposed to be feeling right now. I know what you're saying, but you just look like you're like, you just have a
2: gay open mouth right now. It isn't as bad, nowhere near, but it does remind me of like the alien issues where it felt like, you know, not that I'm saying there's tracing, but it did feel just as much like I'm beholden to the reference photo I'm yeah, I'm looking at. Yeah. And I don't really know how to change too much of the face with here. And
1: the thing is like, there are some, there are some really good shots, but then there's just like, I don't have time for this big
2: open hole, big open mouth. There's one in particular I remember of Scotty that I was like that just suddenly stopped look like Sin- looking like Simon Pig. <laughs> There's one Uhura where she's like saying something like yelling, but she's just like,
1: and I'm like, what? What's the? Oh, like, what's going on? <laughs> it's 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 good art though. Like it definitely like it looks like all the characters and like I like the Klingons. Like they have cool black
3: masks. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah the and- armor helmet. Their helmets. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good um, scenes in here. I do kind of wish they they dealt more with splash pages because there's this one bit up here that's just in the corner, which is yeah. this kind of battle page where I was like, that that could have been a splash page.
2: It felt it felt like it should have been. Yeah, more battles, please.
0: Um, and like I understand that like Star Trek's not about battles, but like the Kelvin timeline has space battles, and they're they're cool. Like you it's know, Beastie Boys. Um, yeah, I do think the art is pretty good for the most part. I I like the. Um, I, I think they get the likenesses right 90% of the time on all the characters.
1: Um yeah. And I don't know his name, but I really do love that little green guy that, that Scotty hangs out with.
0: Oh Keenzer. Ke- Keenzer? Keen Keen K E E N Z E R. Keenzer.
1: I like that guy. I like his little his little bubby eyes. Keen Caesar.
2: Oh, it's a King
0: Caesar. Name. All right. Is that it Brandon yeah that's all I got unless I remember something later
2: no I liked it
0: it was a good it
1: was it was it was I'm nice like, to revisit these characters considering we may never see them again yeah,
2: they did make yeah. me want to watch the the good movies again
3: there are two yeah. great movies it's true there are two amazing movies Man, I really great like o-9. movies I like o9, o-9 I'll tell you is what, Star Trek I, hardcore I
1: personally I think Star Trek 09 is one of the best modern blockbusters of our time Hmm. I think that movie if you're not a Star Trek fan is an incredible blockbuster I mean, incredible I mean, blockbuster you I mean, well, know my
3: you know my dad got me to start watching Star Trek Star Trek for the voyage home it was Star Trek 09 where I was like I want to watch Star Trek and then we started TiVo the original episodes and then it's like yeah I love Star Trek. No for
2: real like I think Star Trek 09 is a really good movie. I also think it was really good when it came out originally as Star Wars. But I do think it's a really good movie. Um <laughs> I, like- I like Star Trek to beyond a, a bit more, but I I'm I'm beyond I'm is- sick for that one. I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I
0: I I'm a I'm a whore for beyond. I will watch that movie a bunch. I love that movie. I, I love beyond.
3: I need to watch that movie. It's been way too long since I last saw it.
0: I like the Kelvin timeline. I was I'm I I'm I dropped off their comic book and um, uh, a little while, but I I thought that the comic for the most part always captured their voices and it felt like I was following these characters. Um, That's great all the time. So okay, uh, Ben. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna skip we're gonna skip Sparks. How dare you though? Yeah, I'm afraid so because Sparks has a wonderful vacation coming up, and I'm really I'm really happy for him, and I hope Yay. you have a good time. Thanks. I'll see y'all uh, in three episodes. He's going mm. through oh, Frost! France.
2: France. You saw that too. Of course <laughs> I did. Frost! <laughs> <was>
3: really... uh, <laughs> you, yeah. So I assume it's my turn to do the book club. Yeah, class. so we're,
0: what we're, what we're going to do is we're going to skip we're going to skip Sparks' turn in the book club just go straight to Ben and then continue the cycle. By the time we get back to Sparks, he will be home safe and sound.
3: Yay. Um, unfortunately, Unfortunately, I don't know what my book club is off the top of my head, because when I found out this news, it was right before we started recording. And I was like, oh, oops. Well, that's
2: because you don't read my texts, Ben. That's because you don't read my texts. <laughs> Grayson, Grayson <laughs> says, enjoy. <laughs> your-. Thanks, Grayson.
3: Enjoy your
1: friends. Ben, just pick, just pick Chris Cantwell's Iron Man that I bought you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, I haven't done that one yet, have I?
0: Um... yet. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll we'll announce his book club uh, over the week. So stay tuned for the. So, so, so be on look the lookout for social medias. Okay, that's it. Next week, um, most likely Cocaine Bear. I feel pretty confident in saying. Um,
2: sure. Uh, let's see if I can make it to the theater.
0: Yeah, yeah it's,
2: uh, it's, you, got, you got that, and we we have a ghost both come out th- this coming weekend. So, you got R- Wiggle Room. yeah i want to see cocaine bear really bad i kind of
4: want to see cocaine bear too But i
2: work the weekends i can't tell you enough how sad i am that i'm probably just not gonna see in theaters because i'm not gonna go without you yeah (laughs)
0: Yeah. um so stay tuned for that and we'll we'll, and if it's not that it's not that we'll see who knows cool so guys make sure to like this video and subscribe to our channel you can check out all sorts of shows um we greatly are you are you being an Air Force flight attendant? Are you being a flight attendant right now? Just my we said like day. and subscribe. Yeah.
2: Be you cool.
1: real quick, while you're doing that rigmarole, we go through the rigmarole every week, but we are slowly gaining new subscribers. So, y'all, I know you I know if you listen to this podcast, you probably listen to a million other podcasts. It is actually really important to hit that like button. It is so easy. Because, like, you hit that like button, that means other people can can get recommended that you like the video. So, like, please, you know, just once, hit the like button. And if you want to subscribe, I'm not even going to ask you to do that tonight. Just like
2: it. But you should subscribe, too.
0: I agree. Or Um, if you're listening to
2: us on the audio feed, it's also super important to rate us and review us. That helps a lot, too.
0: We don't bring that up a lot, but it is important. It's also true. It totally is. I should bring it up at the beginning. We just always have so much to talk about in the beginning. These are long episodes. Yeah uh okay well yes uh, times,
2: baby.
0: as 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 they said uh definitely like this video subscribe to this channel rate us on 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 itunes on your podcast on your podcast catcher of choice um that is how we grow uh we've been steadily seeing some growth i'm really happy with that but you know you know a little bit more doesn't hurt and you know you, you do that by supporting us the the the, the you know um, thank you oh, Grayson. yeah, yeah
1: great
0: Grayson, Grayson, thanks like-
2: for
1: Thanks for commenting on one of my Batman videos that I filmed 10 months ago. Thank you. That really, it really made me happy. I'm going, oh, thank you. It makes me want
2: to stream more.
0: <laughs> um. So, guys, you can check out all sorts of other shows on this channel. If you like this video and subscribe to this channel. You can't do it otherwise. We'll know. It's true. We have the Analytics. <laughs> <laughs> um you can check out our series fake nerds watch which is now in audio format lots of audios dropped on fake nerds watch so so be be sure to check that out on the audio feed and of course um uh check check out the current fake nerds watch series which is the last of us sparks and ryan are doing the last of us that's true we got we'll one more episode show.
2: before i'm gone yep then we're on a break yeah
0: we were on a break what's that from friends cool basement arcade you can check out basement arcade which is our let's play series basement arcade pause Menu, which is our video game discussion series yeah
2: i was gonna say for fake nerds watch keep an eye out for picard as well because picard's coming soon
0: yeah i hope maybe
2: I'll, I'll bring that up that's different okay it's a different show
0: no i don't uh, what show we'll get there okay well fake nerd book club this is another show on this channel you can check out and animation station which is a channel on the show is that it true,
2: true yeah keep an eye out for animation station there's uh, probably two different episodes that we have coming up on the horizon uh one i know for sure i'm recording this week which is with ben we're talking about sonic prime so keep an eye hey, out for that. yeah we, we are. are uh in the next couple weeks and then one that's uh, still up in the air but uh, might happen now it's happening okay as, as long mind, as you have happen- no as you- it's happening it's happening as long as you got time we're going to talk about moon girl, and devil dinosaur. You know what? I'll talk about it here because if I'd talked about my week, it's the only thing I would have brought up moon girl and devil dinosaur looks awesome. The animation's incredible. Yep. I'm really enjoying it. I'm two episodes in and I love it. So we're, talk- we're probably going to talk about it. It's true.
0: Excellent. Uh, love it. Um, and hopefully, hopefully cooking, I can coordinate our schedules to get shot Picard because again, I really like that first episode and I want to, I want to talk. I want to talk to him about it or, or perhaps even another mystery host. Yeah, yeah, we gotta figure out how to get her on. Oops, them on whatever. Who Everybody tuned up at this point. Patreon and T public are also ways you can support us. We greatly appreciate any financial support you can throw at us. Uh we have um some cool some some cool t-shirts. Uh and some cool no, not really. Patreon's there. If you wanna, it's fun, it's there. Um, bye Mag.
1: Thank you for stopping
0: um, by. Good night, Mag. And of course, Grayson. Good night, Grayson. Uh best, Grayson. We always appreciate the 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 people in the chat room. Um, we have a small chat room and I kind of like that because we get to be a bit more intimate with the people who chat in it. Intimate. Um you can check out our our, our all those links in the description below or on our website at ficknerpodcast.com uh where you can find links to everything. Quite literally everything. Um Thank you to Jeremy Bellucci. Nope. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you to everyone who listens to this podcast. Thank you to everyone who watches the, the live show. Thank you to everyone who watches The Rewind. We greatly appreciate all of your support. Uh, quite frankly, like you know, even even just clicking on that video and getting it up to 8.8K views is quite something. I don't even care if you watch the whole Black, Black Adam video. That's an incredible number that we have on our channel.
1: <laughs> we just need to start every video with Ben yelling mid, and that'll probably get 8K at least.
0: We also just no. need to label
2: every video a Black Adam review. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this one's going to go up as a Black Adam review. Cocaine bear, Black Adam review. Black right,
2: Adam. and it's always at the beginning. It's a it's a tiny Black Adam review, and it's just been, <laughs> even if he's not on the episode saying it's it been. was been Anyway, cocaine bear.
0: Uh, so, thank you to jimmy Velucci for all the all the musical themes you heard here tonight and all the musical themes on all of our shows and perhaps more things in the future uh you can find him at jimmy villucci underscore wreck of time or you can find his podcast suburban proctologist on instagram at subproc podcast or facebook at nope. nope subproc podcast on instagram facebook suburban proctologist official or it's on itunes i decided to do this without looking this time
2: that's okay Can I riff for just a quick moment? Riff it up, Buttercup. I just want to say, like, we've all been doing an incredible job on this show uh, lately. I know that these two particular boys upstairs, they've been quite busy lately. I know there's two pause menus in the the bank, right, Ben? And there's a lot of another show that Brandon's got in the bank. I've seen that they're sitting there. Um, And then also... Uh, I'm sure you guys talked about it up top, but I'm so happy we did that Mike Matola phase four discussion. I've been riding the high from doing that with you all mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my point just being, I'm about to be gone for two weeks. You guys are doing great. I love doing this. We're doing great. It's true. Look at us. Look at us.
1: Look at us. <laughs> us. Eating hot wings. Talking about Paul Rudd. And... Sorry, Paul. <laughs> Wish you could be here.
0: Uh, we have plenty more things in the pipeline that it's very exciting to, to, to do. I've got... I've got so much Indiana Jones stuff I want to just throw on this channel, so we'll see what happens. Um, cool. Where was I? Yes, Mike Matola. Speaking of speaking of uh, our good friend Mike Matola, check out our Phase Four rankings right here in the link below or on this channel. Mike Matola is a wonderful guy. We love him. He loves us. We have it on proof. We have video evidence of him saying he loves us. We did it, guys. Take it to court. At Mike Matola on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you. Uh, so, sorry, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. That's us, all fakener podcasts. Fake guys at gmail.com. If you like in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for cbr.com, atomic geeknum.com, which I just released a new revisiting the Infinity Saga piece. Uh, you can check that out. Um, and Kaiju raman media, Kaiju raman media.com, where I also edit. Ben. <sighs> You
3: can find me on the internet at BenMagin27, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also find me, writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, and GoNintendo.com. But also, if you guys are checking on Fusion, just FYI, I'm not in issue number 40, which we just got here in the United States, but issue 41, I am in. So just keep an eye out for that. And you can also find me playing Mary Frankenstein on Dean Dark alongside Grayson, who's in the chat. He plays the Invisible Man. I play Frankenstein Monster. So go ahead check that out. Once again, link is in the description down below. And as Sparks said, there are two pause menus in the bank. So look out for those in the near future.
1: Ryan. Hey, y'all. You could find me um, trying to figure out King's complicated history in comics at DJ Tony Snark
0: 616. Sparks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you can find me nope you can't i'm in paris sorry about it i'm gonna be riding avengers flight force nerds you can find me at Sparkz <laughs> witty on instagram and twitter s-p-a-r-k-z is it a uh, french out I... in america I don't know.
4: so
3: so only part of the people so only part of the ride is in french a few of the actors speak in english Yeah, And even though I didn't go there I know this because when they were there I was totally looking at Fanny and my friend's Instagram uh, stories to try and live vicariously through them because I'm still mad.
0: Like this one?
1: It is me, Captain America. I just want to
2: hear that. I think it would be funny. It It is me,
0: Captain America. Exactly. exactly. Um, You know what's the
2: real mistake? That they don't have a bomb voyage (laughs) at the Disney Paris Resort. That's in the opening of Incredibles. He's the bad guy. Bob oh, Voyage. yeah. Oh, and, oh, that's a good name. Monsieur Incredible. That is <laughs> God, Bob, that
1: is such a good name for a villain. It's very- God, brilliant.
4: <laughs> Bomb Voyage.
0: Sparks. Yeah, I, I, you you said something very nice about myself and Ben, and I just want to say thank you for all the work you've been doing this year so far. Uh, we we showcased the cinephile logos up top on the episode; they're gorgeous. I oh, i I'm,
2: oh, I had no I, idea.
0: <laughs> I'm so grateful uh, to have you on this journey with us. Uh, you you put in a lot of effort and a lot of work, and it's 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 the grease that keeps the podcast going.
2: Well, thanks, man. Uh, I was making that. also you guys have specific shows. But I praise Ryan too. Ryan's doing. I'm just job. here.
0: no nah, <laughs> you're,
2: you're you're doing a lot. You're um,
0: but I said that because I wish you a good honeymoon, and uh, uh, we will miss you. And good, 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 good. Goodbye. Yeah, that's the word. Goodbye. It's
2: okay. I picked the right time to go. The two weeks when there's not major content. So, yeah. I like, I'll, I'll yeah. I say that. I say that. And then, like, the biggest news, like, you guys are going to have to have an all-news topic. James Gunn gets fired. (laughs) just Like, like, don't you put that
3: evil on us, Ricky Bobby. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right, guys. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video. Subscribe to this channel. Until next time we see us, guys, stay fake nerds.